Hello all of you wonderful people out there, welcome to another episode of Black and White Reviews. My name is Will. And my name is Chuck. And this week on the show we are going to be discussing the 2000 film Boiler Room, written and directed by Ben Younger, uh, starring yep. Giovanna Ripsy, Ben Diesel, Nia Long, Nikki Cat, Nikki Kate, is that how you pronounce his name? Nikki Cat? I think so. Sure. Uh, who else is in this? Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck <laughs> makes a couple of appearances in this, which is ridiculous. Jamie Kennedy is in here. Yeah. So, all right. So you suggested this movie, and it was interesting. I'm not going to lie. I, I enjoyed this for what it was. It's it's okay. Giovanni, he... I don't buy his character in this movie all that much. He's the really? dead yeah, he's the dead zone for me. So we get to a particular scene in this movie where he starts like crying in front of his father and I'm just like ah, Why? Ah, okay. We'll we'll roll with it. Like that whole the whole his whole backstory in this movie baffles me. Um like I get what they were trying to go for, but it just didn't land for me. Everything else though, like the, the, the scheming and, and the clear pyramid scheme that's going on inside of this office and just the whole idea behind what a boiler room is, I thought was pretty intriguing. Um, it's clear that they were trying to, like, do, do I even want to say, like, they were trying to recreate Wall Street, but there's no recreating that movie at all right like they would try they were going for something like that but like michael douglas is gordon gecko you're never going to outshine michael douglas is gordon gecko so they oh, no. so it was it was odd you know seeing something like that other than that this is this is more of a wolf of wall street light kind before of, wolf of wall street i mean i did a, i did some research going into well after i finished watching it and i found out that um even jordan belford like the actual person jordan belford said that yeah this was loosely based on me and I guess the director, um, oh my God, his name just blanked on me. Uh, ben Younger, he spent a lot of time with a lot of guys like this trying to like nail the story down, which I appreciate. He actually like did some time or, or, or palled around with some people who were inside of a boiler room like this. So we got to see what the scheming and everything was like actually like from the inside, which I appreciate. Um, but it's just I don't know the 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 weak spot for me is definitely Giovanni his acting style, the way that he cries, the way that it's it, he's so he's a very stuttered stuttered individual. Like there's something just, he's typecasted uh, and uh, kind of. And when you're putting him with Vin Diesel and Jamie Kennedy and Ben Affleck and. Even what's her name? Um, Nia Long, who played she played she played Will Smith's love yeah, interest in Fresh Prince of Bel Air as Lisa. Um, even putting him next to all these people, you know, it, he just as an actor, he is the odd man out. He's the odd one. I want to you know, know how he I mean? got this role. Like he must have had an amazing agent. To get him like in a movie like this with these people, and also I will say, and I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but Ben Affleck is the best part of this movie. <laughs> By ben Affleck's, far. <laughs> ben Affleck's this. I mean, Ben. This was Ben Affleck and Vin Diesel's early, early age. Yeah. Well, before they got big, even Vin Diesel, I would take. I like him better in this than I do 
stuff that he does today because he's a side character. He's a side actor. Yes. He's not your main character. Nope. He's not the tough guy. He's he's not the muscle that we all know him to be in most movies today. Um, he's just there. Um, Scott Can, who played um, the other comedic relief, kind of. He was, you know, he was the guy with the mouth, basically. I think one of the best actors in the whole thing, who's also a side character, is Rod. Is uh, Ron Rifkin, who played his father. His father. I thought he was fantastic. He was great. Personally. He was great as, like, the judge and having the son that's, like, kind of a delinquent a little bit and trying to smell. Like, I get that. Like, and the whole the whole thing about the whole bike situation, he played that wonderfully. I like that. I just right. didn't like what Giovanni did in that scene at all. I'm not going to lie. He could have done the same thing without the, like, to me, it was almost forced waterworks. Yeah. Like, have the conversation like you could tell that the crying was forced. Yes, very much so. If you're going to do a crying scene, don't make it look forced. If you're going to force it, just have the same emotion there without the crying. Because he could have he could have had a, he could have done that with an emotional tug without actually making it, you know, seem the way it did. He should have. So been, I kind of he should have kind of agree with you on that. He should have been pissed. Like, it should have been, like, an outburst of anger instead of an outburst of just, like, tears and emotion. I could see that coming yeah, like, from... Yeah, I, I could broke see my leg and you didn't do anything. Exactly. <laughs> you smacked me across the face. I broke my leg and you smacked me for it. Why are you crying about this? You're, you know, a grown man. You should be incredibly angry about this and just take out your frustration out on a desk or something like that. Like, be angry. You don't have to be, like, crying to daddy about it. And like you said, it's completely forced. Right. That's, um... But he's my only he's my only hang up. I thought the story of what was going on was actually pretty decent. They I, I will say they could have done a better job of explaining certain things, like explain to the audience what an IPO is, because I guarantee you the average person who's watching this movie probably has no idea what an IPO is. I mean, I loosely had an idea, but even I had to look it up so I would like understand what was going on and like that whole right. thing. Um I mean, they but, define rips. But why not? Why not define the IPO? Define, yeah, they define rips. Define an IPO, or even like all of the other loose jargon. That in certain situations it makes sense. So when he's on the phone with um with that Harry character, Henry Harry character, who's like he's trying to sell like the BS stock to, he he runs through a whole bunch of numbers to try to confuse him. That's perfectly fine. You're trying to confuse this person so he doesn't really understand what's going on. You're trying to catch him off guard. I understand that. But when you have moments where it's like the the gang of guys that's like pulling the scheme off, I would I would have liked if hey, this is what an IPO is. All the lingo that we're spitting out right now, this is what it all means. And they do do that except for that one it's but that's 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 very 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 minor. Um, you know who I think would have been great at the Seth Davis part in this time frame? Matt Damon. No, oh, no. <laughs> well, I mean, you got Ben Affleck. You might as well throw Matt Damon in there too. Yeah, yeah. No, not at all. Um, even when we talked about Twenty Fifth Hour, seeing somebody like Edward Norton as that character. Would have been this would have he, been a completely different movie if that was Ed Norton in that role. Yes and no. Really? Okay. I because you could have had the same feel because 
I, I mean, in this movie, language was a character just like in 25th Hour. All on its own. You had everyone had the, it's not as it's not as on the nose and as direct as 25th Hour. I mean, 25th Hour was like. But because it's all around sales and trying to get, I mean, not only is he selling people, he has to sell Vin Diesel. He has to sell Matt, uh, Ben Affleck at the very end. Like mm -hmm. he uses all of their techniques on them, which I thought was brilliant. Um, so language to a degree is still a character in this movie. Um, <clears throat> but he actually is like the middleman playing all the way around. I personally think that the whole FBI thing was a little light. I think they could have done a little bit more with that to make it seem more heavy than it really was. I agree. I agree. It's, it's Because the so... only heaviness is at the very end. Yeah, because when they approach Nia Long, it doesn't... It's like, we have you now, and it goes almost nowhere until it's like the end. The very it's end. like, okay, right. what, 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 what is happening here? Like, you get... You get them interspersed in the movie, like, here and there. I agree with you. I think it could have been a lot more. As far as language being a character, I agree, but... Okay, so in 25th... When we were talking about it, because we talked about it a, lot, a couple of weeks ago, in 25th Hour, Spike Lee did that to sell the aesthetic of New York, right? Right. Here, they're trying to sell the aesthetic of Wall Street. They're not on Wall Street. They're in Jersey, right. <laughs> which just right. makes it funny. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes it ridiculous and hilarious that you're well, in you're in Jersey. You're not even in New well, York. You're not on right. Wall Street. You're a bunch of you're a bunch of nobody scamming people. What are you? And I love that even when they go into the city, all the people who are on Wall Street make fun of how they dress. They yes. make fun of how they talk. Like, yes. I think that's hilarious. It's ridiculous. Like you're wearing these fake suits like they're expensive italian suits but it's like no that's not how we dress that is not at all how we dress to be honest if you go to a high-end car dealership that's how they dress yeah used car salesman <laughs> yes used car salesman dresses like this they I, right. even i thought it was and i'm not the dressy type like if i never have to wear a suit again for the rest of my life i will die happy so, mm -hmm. but even I was looking at it like this is a bit much. This is incredibly gaudy looking. <laughs> like, what are we? And they did that on pur and they did that on purpose. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. With the and how everybody was walking around wearing the ridiculous trench coats. It was like you're begging, you're begging for attention. Like, exactly. tone it down a little bit. What are we doing? What? Uh, okay, sure. Um, right, because they were trying because they were trying to be something that they weren't. Which is really odd. It's it's because it's super weird. Yeah. It is because I mean they were I mean they tried to make it legit. You're getting your series seven, you're gonna be doing this, you're gonna go through your training, you're gonna be doing all of this. It sounds legit. Mm -hmm. And then boom. It's really not. It not at all. Not at all. Right. Nothing about this is legit at all. So I wanna I wanna get into it and I wanna start by saying so. We start off with a voiceover from Giovanni himself, uh, played by, and his name is his name in the movie is Seth Davis, and he starts to go into this whole spiel about Microsoft made millionaires out of secretaries because of how unbelievably popular that company was, and that instead of giving bonuses and in some cases raises, they would just give them stock options. Immediately, I looked this up, and I was 
absolutely befuddled and dumbfounded that there was one guy who was able to retire by the age of 38 because he was a millionaire because of stock options. And in total, where is it? Where's the number? There was there, there was a ridiculous, a ridiculous number. I can't find it. All told about 30, blah, 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 blah. Um, there's a ridiculous number. Oh, 37. In total... 37 people in the mid-90s became legit billionaires because of stock options that they had in Microsoft because Bill Gates didn't want to give them bonuses. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So I wanted to fact check because I was like, this doesn't sound real at all. But then I looked it up and there's a whole write-up. There's a whole write-up. There's this amazing article written by a guy, uh, Blaine, Blaine Harden, who, and this article came up back out in um, 2003. And he just went. He just went into the whole thing. It's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. And he didn't even really do anything for the company. Like he doesn't. He doesn't list like that. He was a major part of like the inner circle of what Microsoft was. He was just a guy working there who got some stock options that he did absolutely nothing with for well over a decade. And then all of a sudden he turned around. And it's like, oh, I'm a billionaire now, which is ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous and the reason why i go off on something like this is because even in the late 90s and early 2000s when microsoft wasn't <laughs> like if, if 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 there are any techies out there listening to me that was during like the height of windows 2000 and windows millennium which were god awful os's they broke all the time it was ridiculous so i can't imagine that their popularity was like skyrocketing but then again, they, they, they were basically like the only game in town, so it, I, I guess so. But still, just the fact that the fact that regular people who were working at this company, all the way down to the secretaries, became millionaires and billionaires, is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And I think that when they when they use when they use information like that and they sneak it into a film like this. I think that adds to the film. It does. It absolutely it makes does. it better. I like that. I like. I like that they did the guy who made this movie didn't did just, his research. Did his research. He didn't just make things up. He absolutely like. I I think that's fantastic when um when filmmakers do little things like that. Anyways, we open up. We see the life of a stockbroker. There are people just partying on buses. They got everything. They got coke. They got hookers. They're gambling. They're playing dice on the floor. It's just. It's a party. It's party time. Like, and it makes you see that often in this movie too. Like they're playing, they're playing dice on the floor in restaurants. They're playing dice on the floor everywhere, in bars, everywhere or, they possibly like, can. Uh, okay, they're just, they're just like pulling out money left and right. It's like I, real people with real money like that don't flash it like absolutely that. Absolutely not. Not even a little bit. Not idiots do this. <clears throat> absolute morons do this because which is what which is what i think is the whole point of this whole film too is this kid is super smart yeah and he can't see past the facade of what's going on here because he's so blinded by i need to prove myself to my dad that he can't even see what's really going on until halfway through you know what maybe i don't connect with that because it's a mentality i don't understand i never understood like I need approval from my parents. I never, I never understood that at all. Now, I'm going to get real personal here. My dad can rot. My mom died when I was eight, so I just, I don't have that. 
I didn't have right. that. I didn't have that growing up. I never sought out the approval of like an authority figure or a parental figure over me. I always like, listen, this works for me. I'm making money. I'm doing good. I'm paying my bills. I don't care about anybody else. So maybe I don't. I don't know. I have a massive disconnect when it comes to storytelling like that. That could be a well, personal it, thing, but it could. And you know, it's tough to be vulnerable like that, especially when you're talking to people that. We don't even know who are listening to us, but it's um, really not for me at all. <laughs> it's really, but in not this for case, all. In, the, in the fake crying scene, which I would have been pissed at, he comes out and he says, I'm doing all of this for you. Yeah. You know, uh, <clears throat> why? But be- because he just, he just wants his dad's approval. Okay. That is the point of this story. That's the whole point of this story. The FBI is a secondary aspect of the movie. The whole point is I want my dad's approval. And at the end he gets it, which duh. But you know, it's it's one of those things it's like, now what? Now what do you do? Yeah, pretty you much. Know? But pretty much. Pretty much. Go to Vegas and work at Vegas because you know you have that ability. Go do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Go run a casino. You're good at it. Absolutely. Anyways, like I was saying, there's buses, there's partying, there's drugs, there's women. They're playing dice. They get into a hotel, and they have this massive celebration going on because of reasons that have to do with stock, and I really didn't understand a whole lot of what was going It sounded like this Michael character, who's basically the owner of the firm, was saying, hey, guess what? We're no longer under investigation and blah, blah, blah. I, 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 I don't know why. It, it, that, that's kind of how it sounded, and I, I still really don't... It doesn't matter. But what matters is three months earlier, we meet Seth Giovanni. He's running a backroom poker game for college kids. And okay. Doing pretty well for himself. Doing really well for himself. I love how they come knocking at the door. It looks like it has to be like mid-morning. So they're just, and he says, no, no, 24-7, anytime you want to. And like you, you cut. And then it's just two people sitting there playing poker. And then later on in the day or the night, the, the house is filled with people around the poker table, sitting on the couch, gambling on horse races or whatever is going on on the TV. Like he's running an entire operation out of his out of his living room. This is amazing. This kid is and he's, his, his hair is still the same. His cl- yep. the same clothes he yep. woke up on. Yes. He, he hasn't changed. He's nope. just doing it. <laughs> it's it's wild. It's absolutely wild to me. I mean. Sure. Um, so some high rollers drop by. Now, one of them he knows. He greets him with a hug. The other one he doesn't. It, who's His name is, what, Frank or something? He walks them in both in. They both sit down. They both start playing poker. And, uh, yeah, we, we end things there. The plot thickens when we find out that uh, his father's a judge. Yep. His father knows everything that's going on. This kid is making his own chips. He, his father pulls out chips from his pocket and just throws them on the table, completely ruins dinner. And it's just like, I know what you're doing. I'm a judge. What is wrong with you? This is illegal. You're taking advantage of people in the community. The whole thing. It is okay. It, I don't see a problem there. You're running an illegal poker game <laughs> in your house, and your dad is a judge. What did you expect? You think exactly. he's going to be proud of you? Did you did you like did you expect praise and a pat on the back? Good job, son. Good job for running illegal poker games. I'm so proud of you. No. 
So what'd you guys do this week? Well, I killed this guy. <laughs> what? You're not proud of me? Why? <laughs> <clears throat> sure. You killed the guy. <laughs> I, what I don't get is I've never understood this. If you're over the age of 18 and you want to gamble, I don't get why it's illegal. As long as you're doing it fair on both sides, who cares? Me personally, like, I get that can be an addictive habit, but you can go to any store, and any buy a convenience store, ticket. and buy a scratch ticket yep. all day long. Yep. No one cares. That is a form Big of gambling. Problem. Big problem. I can go to my friend's house. And he can do a poker game on the side with 15 people. And we're all putting money into the pot. We are all gambling our money. Yep. Not illegal. Nope. What is the... Who cares? It's. It has to do with just government regulation. It has to. They want a cut. Of course they do. They want, you know, the Fed wants a cut of whatever it is you're doing. I'm, I'm sure that if... I'm sure that if, you know, the Fed had their way... They would get a cut of our two hundred dollar bet that we got going on right now. Oh, probably. They would. They would I want absolutely. At least 10%. <laughs> I want. I want ten percent. I want ten percent. You got to file this on your taxes next year, and I want ten percent of these earnings. Yeah, whoever wins has to file a ten ninety nine. Self-employed. For two, file a ten ninety nine for two hundred dollars. <laughs> imagine, imagine being somebody that's like a tax accountant. You go to your accountant to file taxes. I need a 1099. Why? I did a bet. How much? 200. <laughs> it's so I can't, It's so stupid. I can't wait to see who wins that bet. At this point in time, I mean, I care who wins. I know it's going to be me, but um, <laughs> at this point in time, it's more like the intrigue of like what's actually going to happen. It's, it's so far out now. Yeah. You know, it's slated for it's slated for the end of next year. Like seriously, ne next August. <clears throat> it, it comes back next August. We're probably not going to find out who won until Oct October, if at the latest. It's, gonna, it's ridiculous. It's so stupid that it's that far out. I hate it. I'm not. I'm not a fan of that at all. Anyways. Watch, watch, watch them do a preview for it, and in the preview, it happens. I'm gonna be so mad. <laughs> trailer, trailer for Andor season two, and they're <laughs> kissing. <laughs> hey, you know what? So it, could, it could just as easily go the other way, though. If they open up with the trailer and she smacks him across the face, I mean, I'm gonna get a little nervous there. <laughs> That would be okay. so. I'd be, <laughs> either way, either way, it's so funny. Oh, so speaking of that, I was talking to, totally off topic for a second, but yeah, go ahead. Um, I had my daughter in the car. I was dropping my daughter off to her mother's house the other day, um, and we're listening to another friend's podcast. A friend of mine who does a podcast, and he, you know. I, I love listening to other local people like that because you can you can kind of hear how they do things. Mm -hmm. They are kind of sporadic. They go all over the place: food, TV, video games, mm -hmm. movies, and they 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 actually transition really really well. Um, put a little plug. It's called the Peak the Keep Up Podcast. The Keep um, Up Podcast. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty out fun. To You'll the Peak see Up a, Podcast. The Keep Up the keep, Podcast. Keep, keep keep shouts out. Keep up. Shouts, Shouts out to out. them. 
So I was talking to her about it and I was like, she just loves it when random stuff starts happening. So I was like, oh, you have to watch this. So I was in the car, I had my phone on and I pulled up our YouTube account and I showed her the Matrix upload that you did. And I said, just listen, just listen. The first five minutes, I didn't say a single word. And she goes, you can't stop laughing, can you? I said, <laughs> I said this is the point. <laughs> They're going on on this conversation. And I'm in the background, like, breaking down in hysterics. That's nonstop for like five, six minutes. <laughs> It's my favorite moment. It's 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 one of my favorite moments that we've ever done. It's amazing. That's why I made a purpose. I'm like, I have to find that because it's it amazing. It was fantastic. It's it was absolutely perfect. amazing. And I don't even know why it was so funny, but it was one of those things where like I started laughing. It just and led just up to it. It just completely, it just led up to the whole thing. It was so ridiculous. I don't know. It, so sorry for the the sidetrack, no, but go ahead. it's okay. I mean, the next oh. one that I'm gonna do is our um our uh, argument in um passion in the desert like that that's next I'm gonna <laughs> it's so awesome it's so awesome and i think i could get away with actually it's, it's not a love scene it's a love scene it's I, not a love scene i think i think the movie is so like ridiculously like not known and unregarded i could probably get away with using a ton of clips from that movie and not get busted for it so I'm going to give Probably it a should. shot. I'm, I'm absolutely going to give it a shot. The thing is, it hasn't even been copywritten. <laughs> it's that bad problem. <laughs> Wouldn't that be incredible? If you go to Hollywood and you ask them, have you heard of this movie? Nope. No. <laughs> what movie? Wait, what happens? <laughs> uh, you have to admit... <laughs> How would your life be today if I hadn't introduced you to that movie? <laughs> I would not be fulfilled. That movie has made me. <laughs> that movie has absolutely made me. So, anyways, these uh these two high rollers that were in his uh, apartment the night before his uh unsuccessful dinner with his daddy, um, they come back and they basically offer him a job working as a stockbroker. Nothing seems out of the ordinary yet. It's just basically, hey, yeah, you come in, you pass the test, you do what you're going to do, you're on your own. Boom. Okay, no problem. Um, so he goes to the office that's in Jersey, not even in Wall Street. He makes a point to say it's like an hour and a half away from his house. He got to commute there. It, but when he gets there, all these people are acting like they're on Wall Street. Like he makes a point to say this. And it's hilarious because it's Jersey. They're not. <laughs> They're not on Wall Street. <laughs> Lee and I and a friend of his went to Jersey once just so that we could go to CeCe's Pizza. And oh, no. we went to, uh, we went to, um, oh, my God, the stash. Uh, Kevin Smith's the stash, you know, built, uh, James Hunt and Bob's the stash. It's a comic shop. It's a comic store. We went down yep. there. Lee actually made it a point because they were filming the, uh, the show. For the, for the comic store, they were filming the show, and there was actually a guy on the street with a camera getting B-roll of people walking up and down the street. Lee circled the street three times. He was so determined to get on the show, like, in B-roll footage, that he circled the street three times. We went with him the first time. The other two times, we just stayed across the street and just watched him do this. It was ridiculous. He was so determined to make this happen. I don't think it ended up happening because he would have 
been over the moon about it. This never happened. Oh my god, we went inside. It was actually kind of it was a cool shop, but it's just it was how ridiculous going into Jersey was. Like I suddenly understood all the jokes I've ever heard about Jersey. It's yeah. Like we want to be New York City, but we're not. <laughs> we are literally over the river. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. It's it's okay. Sure. Anyway, I love that the whole time he's driving around in this Volvo station wagon. Right. Like <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Okay. And it's an expensive. It's an expensive car, In so you know that he's even today. Volvos are not cheap. They are high end. They are a higher end car, but you know, he just wants more. He wants. Yeah, more. He I love how more. he's walking. I love how he's walking into this like this interview, and it's like a group it's interview. A group I hate. I hate group interviews. Mm, I hate them. I don't think I would be able to last. <laughs> I don't think I think I would end up just turning around and walking out. Then again, I'm not Especially this group interview. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I love how he gets there though when he actually like walks into the training room and Vin Diesel is there and he just like puts the phone down and he yells at him to get out and he just walks away. It's ridiculous cuz you don't see this you don't really see this. This what he do- you don't see this coming from Vin Diesel. It's so right. weird. To like see him so over the top and me- and just like as a stockbroker, what? I'm like, right. no, you're not. You're Toretto. Like that's 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 who you are. <laughs> you're Toretto. Don't try to do anything else. You live your life a quarter mile at a time. None yeah. of this crap. <laughs> <laughs> this is wild. This is wild. And we get to see Nia Long. Ah, she her character name is Abby. She is the receptionist. She is very friendly towards Seth. It is clear that this is going to go somewhere. Unless yep. you disagree. Nope. Okay, good. Anyways. I bet you 200 bucks that they kiss in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we find out that it's a group interview. It's not going to be a one-on-one thing. And there's like 20 people in this group interview. They all have ridiculous suits. They all look ridiculous. They're all like trying to like, you know be the boss right now like they're trying to get it done and then we get this rah-rah speech from ben affleck who's going on about life as a stockbroker you're all going to be millionaires within three years the whole rigmarole the whole speech and that's when i was like this is a scam this is a scam yep any job that you go to i don't care what it is if you have a guy screaming in your face telling you you're going to be a millionaire within three years it is a scam no doubt about it no doubt especially about when, it. Especially when he asked, does anybody here have their Series 7? And the yes. guy raises his hand and he goes, yes. get, get out. out. He kicks him out. I wonder why. Yep. It's unbelievable. We, we don't hire brokers. We train them. What? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> what kind of firm is this where you don't hire brokers? I'm sorry. What? You know what's crazy is if you ever want to hear a speech like this in real life, go work for a car dealership and every Saturday morning, you will get a rah-rah speech that's just like this. Really? Trying to boost your morale. They swear at you left okay. and right. They break you down. They beat you up. They tell you to do this. If you want to make $100,000 in the next six months, this is how you do it, yada, yada, yada. Um, there was one guy I used to work with. He would make three to $400,000 a year selling cars. Did wow. this to people, though. But he yeah. did this to people. And he did it really well. And I'm like, I, I, I did car sales for 10 years almost. It was a better part of a decade, almost 10 years. And 
I never crossed that line. I couldn't. Like, you live in the gray to a little bit, and I'm fine with that when you're in sales because you're you don't want to show your entire hand. If you're in sales, if you're in sales, and you're the kind of salesman that wants to shine a light on all of the positives, I really don't have a problem with that. To me, that that's your job as a salesman. When you get to this level of what happens in this movie. It's, 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 there's no other word for it. It's unethical. Right, I well, think I, it's I, completely unethical. Well, we'll get to it. There's a part in here where his, his team lead is like, you can be whoever you want. You can be the president yeah. of the company. You can be the owner's son. You can be whoever you yeah. want. This guy that I used to work with would tell people, you know, stories like that, make them think that he was somebody who he's like, yeah, you know, I'm this guy or this, the person I'm bringing over is the, the owner's son. And he's going to, no, like he has four degrees and he would say all these things to make people fall in love with them. Mm-hmm. And I would sit there and watch him and he made a ridiculous amount of money, but to do something like that, I would rather make a, a quarter of what he made and have a clean conscience yeah, I know than do mean. something like this. I know what you mean. Like, this is a giant scam. And what he was doing was a giant scam. Um, so, so, yeah, like I was saying, Ben Affleck is here. He is given this massive rah-rah speech. You know, if you want to become a broker at this firm, I want you to work hard. I want you to bust your... I was about to... I want you to work hard. I want you to make it. I want you to become millionaires. I want all of you to pass your Series 7 exams. And the whole thing about we don't... And I had it written down... We don't hire brokers. We train new ones. It blows my mind that that would come out of it. At that moment, I'm surprised that nobody else in the room stood up and walked out. Like, like there's right. almost zero wherewithal with these people. They're all so blinded by the idea of becoming millionaires, or they just have absolutely no idea what the stock market actually is. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. C- complete complete tangent that well not tangent but completely separate thing this kind of thing would end if we actually like and maybe this this isn't going to be country this kind of thing would end this kind of pyramid scheme especially in settings like this they still go on now don't kid yourself they would end if you like adjusted the education system just a little bit and taught people about money like how to actually live how yes Yes, how to actually live. Teach them about money. Teach people what the stock market is and isn't. Teach people about personal finances. Teach I mean, people about basic economy. All of this would disappear. <laughs> like every bit of what this is, every bit of this pyramid scheme would vanish because everybody would have some idea of what they were walking into. Unbelievable. The promises of becoming a millionaire in under three years is Okay, it drove me absolutely nuts that nobody got up and walked out after this. Anyways, and then he starts fronting himself. He is a millionaire. He drives a Ferrari. I question whether or not that Ferrari is even his. (laughs) Like, there's a lot of things about this movie that I question, especially when you see all the fancy vehicles that are parked outside the firm. Like, 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 the scheme, the scam is so well-oiled that I would not be surprised if like they're rentals and they're just renting them just put on the facade like I would not be surprised if that was the case in any of this like I read a lot into what was going on here it's amazing he's like I have every toy you can imagine 
And then he drops the bomb that, you know what, during your training, you're all going to be making about 150 bucks a week. Um, mm-hmm. Why can't you afford a little bit more than that to train me? Uh, okay, even in the year 2000, even in the year 2000, $150 a, a week is nothing. It's nope. absolutely nothing. I don't. What made it work in this movie was the fact that he was the he was still doing the casino, so he was making money. <clears throat> yeah, it's still like I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, ma'am. Anyways, he he continues to break it down. I don't like that. I don't like the whole hundred fifty bucks a week. That seems really really low. That seems really really low. Oh, it is. A lot of commission-based sales jobs do that to you, though. Really? Oh, yeah. See, I don't know anything about commission. Uh, commission so I've been, doing, I've been doing commission-based sales for 20 years. Oh, wow. Okay. <clears throat> car sales for 10 years of it. You don't get paid a dime even for your training in car sales. Wow. If they send you off for the day to do training, it's free. Like, it doesn't cost them a single dime. When so when we were even doing car sales, like if in the middle up here in the winter time, when it snows out and you got three feet of snow and it takes and the dealership is basically shut down and you're all out there shoveling snow, you're doing it for free. They get free labor out of this. Like it, you're there all day, sometimes two, depending on how big the snowstorm is, and you're there all day shoveling snow and moving cars, freezing cold. Like you hate life. You hate life. <laughs> this sounds while you're awful. doing this. It's awful, and it's free. It costs them absolutely nothing to do it. Wow. Because you're not getting paid. You only get paid. And if you go an entire week without selling anything, you get a draw, which is common in sales. And then the next week, you have to make up that draw and the week's draw that you're on to make to make a paycheck. So like, let's say you get paid 300 bucks a week on a draw because you get paid seven. We got paid 750 an hour. For our hourly for our draw. So at the end of 40 hours, you're making what? 300 and something dollars. <clears throat> something Somewhere in there. Yeah. And then the next week you have to make up for 80 hours worth of work to get to, to make your paycheck. So you have to do a couple deals that pay you more than the $600. I think in 10 years of sales, in 10 years of sales, I was in the draw, I think twice. I never went into it. I always pushed myself. There was one kid I remember though. I don't know why they didn't fire him, but like eight weeks in, he owed the company like eight grand in draw that he just. (laughs) Wow. I'm like, why is this guy still working here? Like get him out. Okay. (laughs) Okay. But if you do it right, you, you go in the suits that they wear in this movie, you go into a car dealership, you're a finance manager, you're a sales manager. You're wearing suits like that, that shiny, you know, look, trying to prove something type of suit. And and you do that. Um, the sales team, like I would get to a place where I could just wear polo. If I could wear a polo, I was happy. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> it, 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 what they are portraying here, the meetings, how they talk, you know, the lingo, when you're in the car dealership, the lingo, only you understand the lingo. If you talk that lingo outside the movie, I mean, outside the dealership, no one's going to have 
any idea what you're talking about. I believe they it. actually they actually made a movie um about car dealerships like this. Um I believe it's that actually too. it's actually a I think I think it was Kurt Russell. Um Okay. They they did this movie and this guy is like on the run from like for like drug deals. Okay. So he needs to so he needs to make money. He needs to like have love. So he goes and works for a car dealership. And the way like waiting kind of shows you the ins and outs of restaurants. Yeah. That's what this movie does for car dealerships. It's fantastic. It's okay. fantastic. The lingo. Kind of like this movie where it shows you the lingo and the ins and outs of a boiler room. Because a boiler room is exactly what he was in. Yes. Those are real. Yes. I Those know. are very, yeah. very real. Um, and then be able to see the ins and outs is actually pretty cool. It's actually really, really cool. So That's awesome. That's actually pretty. That's You know what? I like learning about little things like that. It's insightful. So I, Because I have no idea of commission jobs. I don't think I would never do it. I, I don't think I could ever do it. I need to be able to work a job where I'm getting like a guaranteed check unless like I'm working for myself. I don't think I would ever my, be able to do commission. I would never be able to, you know what? I would never be able to be a waiter either. Like having to rely solely on tips while the company's paying me like $2 and 50 cents an hour. Like absolutely yep. not. No, thank you. I'm, I'll, I'll, not I'll pass. Not a chance. Not a chance. I was talking to my wife one day and she's like, my job because it's it's funny on on the stress levels of jobs on how we look at different levels of stress because mm-hmm. she's a teacher and as a teacher she gets paid a, a decent salary but your job doesn't stop when you leave school and the in the job that she's in so she's home you know she probably works 70 hours a week wow 40 of them are at school 30 of them are at home so there's wow. a level of stress that comes along with Mm-hmm. You're doing all of this work. And she's like, this job is so stressful. And I'm like, I understand that. My stress, though, is like the beginning of this year, I went eight weeks without getting a paycheck. Talk about being stressed out. Wow. Because <clears throat> if you don't sell, you don't get paid. Yeah, wow. So there's different levels of stress. So what they do is they teach you, you know, we're going to give you a low training pay, 150 an hour. But we're going to prom- we're going to dangle this carrot in front yeah. of you. yeah. And it's going to make you chase after it. And it works. It's a scheme that works. And people do it all the time. Oh, I believe that. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. It's awful. So anyways, he goes into the whole thing about, you know, you got to take the exam. You take the exam. You pass the exam. And you're a trader. Here's another. This is not real. Your first 40 trades belong to your sponsor, basically the person who's training you. Yep. That does not seem legal. That does not sound legal at all. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it is, but it just doesn't sound legal at all. So you're being trained. You're getting paid 150 bucks a week during your training. You take your exam. You pass your exam. You're a full-fledged stockbroker, but your first 40 trades are still going to your train. What? Right. Uh, yeah, I think the first 40 while you're being trained, when you pass them on, instead of rallying, because they have to yell a certain name. They in yell, in yeah, this movie. yes. <clears throat> but that's while they're being then, trained. Right. But instead, what I, if I was, if for me, more realistic is instead of yelling that name, whichever broker gets it, gets it. What you do is 
when you have that, you just give it to your leader. Yes. Give it to your trainer and now he gets it. So if you get 40 of those in your first three months, fantastic. <clears throat> and the goal is to get 40 of those. And once you get 40 of those, you can go on and then get your series seven. So kind of, kind of forces you to push for it. That would make a whole lot more sense. That than- would make more sense. That would make more sense. Like you're not right. going to take your series seven until you make four trades and then pass them on to the person who's training you. That makes more sense. But they do it the other way around. You're a stockbroker, but your first forty, they're mine. What? What? Right. Okay. Why am I nope. working here? Exactly. <laughs> no. Nope. Tell me why I'm here. Absolutely not. That's my money. I don't. Uh, no. Ab- no. Absolutely not. Anyways, so. Uh, yeah, and he basically says he sends them all home, and he says, "If you're still interested, call me Monday morning, and we'll talk." So Seth returns to his apartment, and there's still a whole lot of gambling going on there, which is fine. He's making ends meet. He's doing what he has to do. You know, fine, absolutely no problem. I know, and you already spoke about this before. You don't know why gambling is illegal. Neither do I. I don't care if if you decide that you want to run a card game in your living room. Hey, go Go for it. it. You know what? It's more honest than most things that are in this movie. It's 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 a lot more honest. You you walk into a poker room, you put your money on the table when you're gambling. You know that you're considering that money gone. Like you you understand what it means. I'm putting ten dollars here on my hand. I could lose it. Up, it's gone. You you get it. It's not that difficult to write. Um. So, he even says that too. Yeah, he the says casino that later was on. the yeah. most legitimate thing I was actually involved with. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. He messes up with his father for coffee, and uh, it doesn't really go all that well. Uh, his father basically gives him the rundown. Like, listen, I'm not your friend. I'm, we're not in a romantic relationship. Why are you looking for approval? Like, he's given him every reason in the world to just get up and walk away from the situation, but Seth is just not doing it. Like, he wants his father's approval for whatever reason. And like I said before, I don't really understand that, but it is what it is here. And he's basically like, I'm not your friend. I'm going to tell you when you screw up. Clean up your life. Don't get in contact with me again. Clean up your life, and then we can talk like, you know, honest people. All right. Fine. I agree. First day in the office, he basically gives a rundown of what to do. The idea is wet the client's whistle. Get him on the phone. Tell him you have an idea. Tell him that somebody, a senior trader, is going to be in touch with him in a couple of months just to get them ready for it, which is fantastic. That I don't, I don't even have a problem with that. Like, that nope. seems okay. Hey, listen, we want to do business with you. We're going to put together a plan specifically for you and meet your needs financially. Give us a little while. We will be in touch later. Is this okay? Yeah, sure, whatever. Go ahead. Put put together a portfolio or whatever you're going to do. That I really don't have a problem with. It's it's not, yeah, it's fine. It's perfectly fine. Uh, the next day at the office, okay, he's, okay. This is where we get a little a little muddy again. They basically come right out and say, lie to people. Tell them whatever you got to tell them to get a yes out of them. Tell them that, you know, you're the king. Tell them that you're the president of the company. Tell them whatever you want to tell them. Keep them on the phone. You just got to, you just, you know, keep keep it going for as long as you possibly can. Be whoever you want to be. And, okay. Okay. Happens a lot. I imagine. I imagine it does. 
I especially in situations like this, I can. And a, I, a, a lot of these, a lot of sleazy sales places will even say, "This is a time for you to come out and you're on stage, you're acting. So be whoever you want to be in your acting." And then they turn around and they'll talk out of both sides of their faces, and they'll be like, "But you don't want to like." You don't want to like lie to the customer. I'm like, no, no, no. You wait a minute. You just you told just me to told lie to the me customer. To lie. <clears throat> but oh. don't lie. And they're saying, don't lie. Like, don't make up stuff about the product. Don't lie about the product. Don't, you know. But if you want to say something about you, then that's fine. Every company lies about their product. <clears throat> every yep. company lies about their they, product. They embellish. Every every company embellishes because that's how they do marketing. No, you're right. You're right. and, and the thing is, though, is I have no problems when it comes to sales living in the gray. <clears throat> Explain because that. so living in the gray, when somebody is going to ask me, you know, does this do X, Y and Z? Well, yes, it does X, Y and Z. Does it do it to the level that they're asking for? No, it might do it 70 percent of what they're asking. But I'm going to say, yes, it does it. OK. I'm going to say, yeah, it does that. Okay. Yeah, it has that or it does that. Am I lying? No. Am I giving them information that's going to turn them off of my product? No. I won't do that. Because um, that's the thing. It's like you said, when, pe when people are giving all the positives and they don't share a lot of the negatives, to me, that's living in the gray. Because you're not... Because if, you, if, if a lot of companies were to be honest and say, here's all the positives. Now, here's all the negatives. They're going to go, Yeah. I don't want that because of all the negatives, <clears throat> you know, like in my company now that I work for, I sell refinished basements. I'm up front. We tell all of our customers that on average, we are 10 to 15% more expensive than everybody else. And then we go, but here's the reason why we're upfront about it. You know, it, it, do we beat out some stuff? Yeah. Um, but as a rule, we're more expensive. We believe that we have a superior product. We go into it where, you know, we're very different than a lot of other companies, what we offer for, for what we sell. But at the same time, you know, it's, yeah, I'm not going to sit there and be like, yeah, um, we're expensive, but we're not that expensive. You know, that's straight out lie. Mm -hmm. But you can live, there are certain things like you can live. Here's an example. When I was selling cars, if we, if, if toy, I would sell Toyota. If Toyota, we have what they call um, LDA or lane departure assist. And what that means is if you're on the highway and you're driving and you have this thing turned on and you cross the double, the dotted, if you, if you cross the lines without your blinker on, it'll beep at you and then mm -hmm. pull, pull you back over. Okay. And someone will say, and they'll teach you, we're the only ones that offer this. Yeah. And it's true. We're the only ones that offer this lane departure assist. But if you go over to Chevy, instead of calling it LDA, they might call it LTA. So lane trace assist. So they're tracing yes. the side yes. lanes. Yes. It's doing the exact same thing, exact but you're saying thing. that. Yeah. But at Toyota, you're sitting there saying, we're the only ones that offer this. There is truth to that. But at the same time, there's also the, well, not really. There's, they also, we just, we just, there's truth in the sense of we're the only ones that call it this. No, no, you, you know, but you don't, but you don't say that. So you're living in that gray of, yeah, we're the only ones that do this. And if someone went to say, oh, they do that. Yeah, well, they do that. But this is different because 
And there might be one difference that makes it slightly different, but ultimately it's the same thing. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Right. So I, I know what you mean because it's like marketing. Like if you ever watched a lot of like old school 1960s, 70s style, like cigarette commercials, camels oh, are yeah. toasted, but one out of nine doctors recommends blah, 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 because the other ones have cancer. It's like ridiculous. It's like so stupid. It's so unbelievably stupid. It, it's ridiculous. It works though, but because people fell for it, it absolutely works. Like yep. like tricks like that absolutely work. So there was a while there where I was um I was doing carpet cleaning, and this is a way off story. I was doing carpet cleaning, and we were heavily encouraged to try to sell insurance jobs because insurance jobs pay out the wazoo. If you go to somebody's house and you just recognize that they're cheap, it's like, okay, hook them up with a couple of fans and, you know, borrow the wall a little bit. Say you have to dig out up to this point, you know, put a couple of dehumidifiers down there, leave them running for a day, give, you know, somebody three or four hundred bucks and it's over. Or if you're going in to do a massive, you know, overhaul job, you can charge them the exact number for the exact amount of equipment and time and labor put into the job. But if it's an insurance job, you can make up anything you want. We're bringing in the Vortex 900 and your basement's going to be spotless by the time that we're done. And you can charge them four or $5,000 because they're not paying for it. The insurance companies are. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. You can charge insurance companies almost whatever you want. It's absolutely insane. That's crazy. It That's is, crazy. It's nuts the way that you can charge. It's nuts what you can charge insurance companies, especially in like damages for anything that's damaged, like AAA, it's absolutely ridiculous what they will be willing to pay if it for for their client. It's wild. It's what and you can that's just write with, you can just write whatever you want. I saw one guy legit write chicken scratch on the like nothing legible at all on the insurance claim sheet. And at the bottom of it, printed forty five hundred dollars and the insurance company paid with with almost no no problems at all and it was it, okay that's what's happening that's here. crazy that's, that's crazy what's happening here yep so uh where are we where are we where are we anyways um yeah he has dinner with his parents Dad, he's not very supportive of everything that's going on. Obviously, he has questions. Obviously, we know what he's thinking because he is a judge. He is incredibly suspicious of this new place that he works for. Why have I never heard of it? Why aren't you working for Goldman Sachs? Someplace like that. Have you ended your poker game yet? He's pushing for things like that. It's not really going well in, in that regard. And Seth just ends up, gets up and leaves the table and we're ending things there. There is a well, his small, dad knows. His dad knows. His dad has an he idea. Knows. His dad doesn't know exactly what's up, but he has a sneaking suspicion about what's up here. No, he doesn't know what's up, but he knows that there's something something going on. Something going on. The the, the thing is, you're a judge. Why have you never heard of this <laughs> brokerage firm before? It's it's definitely things that I would question myself. Um, there's a house gathering, a bunch of, oh, he gives a pretty good, hold on. He gives a pretty good response to that. He's like, cause he, he does, does ask, why have I not? And he just, and, and Giovanni gives a pretty good response to it. Um, I'm just, you know, the dad kind of bought it way too easily. So the response, For his character, so the, res 
the response is along, and I didn't write it down. The response is somewhere along the lines of, well, you know, when you're new, you start off at one of these lower firms that nobody's really heard of because of these reasons, and we don't really deal with a whole bunch of like high stocks and blah blah blah, and that's why you've never heard of it. And you know, eventually, I'll just be able to like transfer out to a really big firm. I, I don't think I would believe that. Right. <laughs> that's just me. I don't think I would believe that. Uh, but in that setting, I don't. I don't know. Well, a lot of big firms they'll they'll take you in, they'll trade, they'll train you, so they can keep you. Yes. And then you can make them money. Yes. Not so you can leave and go somewhere else. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. If you're working, if you're working for J.P. Morgan, they don't want you to go to Wells Fargo. That's probably right. the last thing in the world that they want. I can't imagine. Okay, it it doesn't matter whether you're a banker or you're a stockbroker. I don't think they want you leaving. <laughs> I love in this movie how they they actually talk about Merrill Lynch. Merrill Lynch now is owned by Bank of America, and it is such like it is not, it is not what this is portraying at all. Like it's not. There's a lot of these older movies. When you watch them, it's like things that you thought were going to be a massive deal, like especially back in the late '90s, early 2000s. Like this company is going to be a massive deal, like AOL. Everybody thought that AOL was going to take over the world, or or Nextel was going to take over the world with their chart, with their uh, to, uh, two-way radio feature that they had, and both of those and companies are dead Google. in the water now. What? And I said, and then Google. <laughs> and then Go- well, yeah, Google happened. That's it. Right. Google happened. That's and absolutely just- it. <laughs> Google took over the world. Anyways, there's a small house gathering with a bunch of boys from the office that uh, Seth goes to. And I love this because they're watching Wall Street. They're not they're not hanging out to hang out. They're hanging out just to quote Wall Street. They're all just quoting Wall Street. And to see Vin Diesel stand up and channel Michael Douglas is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. He's trying his hardest to do his best Gordon impression. And it's just, it. it's, what are you doing? This is not what I ever thought I would see Vin Diesel do. It is insane it's asking i love how i love how everyone else is just chilling out on the couch yeah quoting it yeah he has to like get up get into it stand in front of the tv with the cigarette in his hand and everything pretend like he's not watching it what (laughs) to put on a show and you're just like what are you doing (laughs) this is it's ridiculous there's a part of me that vin diesel was trying to use this as like an audition like, people are going to see this movie and see how good I really am, and I'm going to get roles after this. And you're Toretto. <laughs> Living yep. your life a quarter mile at a, at a time. Don't you love that? I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Unbelievable. I, that's like the one line he's known for today. Like, I, there's yeah. no other line that he nope. is known for None. except for that line. None. None. Side note, I hate those movies. Side note, I liked the first one. The first one is good. The first one is okay. The rest of them is just way overkill. Why did this have to happen? Even two was decent. Even two was fine. The second one it became more of like a flashy thing. But then, now that we're on Fast and Furious 10. 10. 10. Like, 10. The last movie I saw, they launched a Fiero into space. <laughs> 
with rocket boosters. Now there wasn't there one. I remember the trailer, and I just shook my head in shame. Wasn't there one where the car went from one building to another, and it did like a somersault in midair as it was going into the next building? Oh yeah, yeah. It's so stupid. It's so oh, yeah. stupid. And, and and I think the best part. Hold on one second, because I forget. Um, let me see here. Fast. The Fast F9. The Fast Saga. Why? I I don't know, but. When you have, that's who it was. It was Tyrese. It was Tyrese and Ludacris in a Fiero with rocket boosters attached to the back of a Fiero. And they are driving it down a runway. And then it takes off. <laughs> and they have to go into space to fix a, a, a satellite. So they fly a Fiero. Into outer space. <laughs> so dumb. And then the rest of this movie is, let's bring every muscle-bound guy we can think of. Jason Statham, John Cena, you know, Vin Diesel, The, the Rock. Rock. Like, <clears throat> everybody. What, like, let's just... They even did that spin-off movie. They even did that spin-off movie with um The Rock and... um. Yes. Who, who, who was it? Was it Jason, Jason, Jason Statham? Jason. Yes. Yeah. They even did that ridiculous spinoff movie where I don't know why. It's like, okay. It didn't go anywhere. I, sure. It did not It did not go anywhere. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm waiting for the whole season, the whole series to just like jump the shark. Like what are they going to have? A, they're going to have a car race on the moon. That'll be next. Well, they, they they flew a Fiero to <laughs> outer space. They they flew a Pontiac Fiero into outer space. Yep. Okay. I believe you. I'm not gonna so go I'm, watch I'm it. I'm actually watching one of the previews right now. To to uh, it's on IMDb, and it's stupid. So so Vin Diesel's driving this Mustang. And he has to get across this giant body of water to this other side. Mm -hmm. And there was a bridge that you could drive across. And the mm -hmm. bridge collapsed. Mm -hmm. So the only way to do this now is he drives off of where the bridge was. The rope that is holding the bridge together from one side to the other is still there. He drives up off of it. Gets the rope entangled into part of the car. The car then swings out. He uses a booster. It swings out. And then the car swings across the water. He releases it somehow. And then he lands the car on the other side perfectly okay. It's literally like, it's literally the fawns jumping the shark. <laughs> it's so dumb. With the, with the first one, I was like... The first one was cool because it's like, okay, there was, was a story. Agent. There was, was a, a story. story. You're criminals. You're robbing trucks. They're getting mad. You got this rivalry, you know, gang that's after you. There's no money involved in everything. Now you have to run. You have the, the FBI agent or the cop, like, just getting really. It was point break, but with cars, which was really cool. I thought it was a good idea. I thought the and first one was a really good movie. It should have ended. And they should. 
They should stop one right and done. It should have absolutely ended right then and there. At, no they, more. They need. They needed to create a universe. That's what I was saying. It. We talked about this before. They need to create a universe out of everything. You know, you wonder, like, sit around and wonder why a lot of horror movies from the eighties die, like horrible, horrible deaths, because they go way too long. Like, there is no reason why there needs to be like what ten Freddy films, ten Jason films, ten Michael Myers, ten Halloween movies. Why are we going you, over ten? Why are we like upping what, the ante every time? You, you, why did Jason you, have to go to space for what say, reason? You didn't like Jason X. You didn't like Jason X. <laughs> why did he have to go to space? It's so hey, they're stupid. still doing it. They just released Scream Six. I, so I know why are they even bothering bringing? I I don't understand. The reason why I don't get ideas. it is it's it's the same with with Freddy, the Nightmare movies. What I liked about that was it was the same story almost every time. You gotta beat you gotta beat <laughs> Freddy in your dreams. But the cool thing with those movies was it was how's he gonna kill him this time, and it was yeah. a different death every time. I I liked every that. Time. I like that. That's not but, a problem. Not a problem. But with like, with like scream movies. It's a the guy, guy with running mask. around with, with a mask <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a butcher knife. That's it. You, Change it up a little you, bit. There is no creativity there at all. At, Saw. At, Saw was great for the first two or three, and then they went like, let's do 15 of them. No, stop it. Yeah. Because it went from horror to... How gruesome can we kill people? That's that's what that was the jumping off point. The first one was so good. The first oh one gosh. was amazing. I saw it in the theater it, when <laughs> when he grabbed the back of that toilet and beat that guy's brains in. Like my theater stood up and applauded. Like it like people were screaming and going nuts for that moment. And it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't over the top. It wasn't like a gruesome thing because they didn't show they just the, all they had to do was show just the blood splatter. Like they didn't have to show anything else. And it was actually half it was a really good movie, I thought. And then it just went up and up and up and they upped the ante and it got way ridiculous. It got so stupid so fast. The twist in the first Saw movie though, when the guy gets oh up in the Oh my middle god. Door, yeah. You're like, no. Yeah. That guy laid there for an extremely long time. Yeah. That's And then the guy saw I mean Carrie Ellis, you know, Robin Hood and Tights, you know mm -hmm. who he is. Yeah. When he comes to the decision of I need to cut my foot off. What? Uh Yeah, like Oh my gosh. When, the, you're desperate, man. I mean yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, and I then don't they, they upped the ante every the first two. That that film would have been fine as a trilogy, <clears throat> and I would have been fine with that. They went way too far with it, though. After that, <clears throat> was two the one when they were in the house? The first three all ha all were happening at the same time. You're, yes, the, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yes. That's the craziness of yes. the story. Yes. Is there all like while you're watching the third movie, the first movie is happening in the background. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, what? Yeah. But once they once they captured him and killed him, it should have been done. It should have been over. 
it, but they kept on going with it. They kept on going with it. Didn't they come back recently? Wasn't Chris Rock Jigsaw? Did they do that? I hope not. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I really, truly hope not. I can't, imagine, <laughs> I, just, I can't imagine Chris Rock in a horror movie. I just can't do it for a lot of different did reasons. Chris, did Chris Rock die in that movie? Yes. How? Will Smith slapped him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! That would be hysterical. That, that would, would be, be pretty funny. Hysterical. Anyways, so we're at work, and it's his first—not his first unofficial day—but he's been doing this for a while. He's getting Seth is getting really good at this. He's on the phone with a doctor, and he fills this doctor with some nonsense about some brand new drug that's hitting the market, and he's got a bunch of doctors on the line who are really interested in investing. Gives him the whole rigmarole. Listen, your other doctor buddies are getting in on this. I got to get off the phone with you really fast because they're getting ready to buy, blah, blah, blah. And finally, he says, okay, you know what? Let's talk about this right now. I'm interested. And he yells, Rico. Go ahead. So this is where living in the gray, I don't mind. When he's talking about the actual medication, straight up lie. Yes. Straight up lie. Yes. Where he's living in the gray, even though it's considered a lie, when I share, all my other customers love this. Okay. You're, 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 you're using the fact of, okay, there is reality that all the customers that I have do love this. Yes. Not everybody loves this, yes. but all the customers I have. And, all the, and that's when you use the, you know, the feel, felt, found. People have felt this way or they feel this way. And I have found that when they do this, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's where you're living in the gray. Other doctors are, there's truth to this. They're peddling this medication. Everybody else that they're talking to who is buying from this is is buying this the stock in this. So he's not, he's living in the gray in that area, but he's living in the gray under this ginormous lie yeah. of a product that doesn't exist. I've always had kind of a sneaking suspicion that it was something like this, some type of investment or some type of person, broker, whatever you want to call them, peddling how massively popular a particular drug was. And it's the reason why back in the mid-2000s, you had this massive influx of every doctor and their mother prescribing opioids. Like, it has to be something like in this area. I right. can't, I can't imagine it being and so as it it really it struck home with me on that like I don't know I I agree with you I don't have a problem with the gray area that he's in I have a problem with the fact that it's a pharmaceutical like that strikes me a little bit different I know people who have had a lot of problems with pharmaceuticals in my life I, I and they they struggle and it's, it's really devastating and sad to see. So when I hear yep. things like this and I see things like this, it strikes me a different way. Like there, there has to be. I think there's. I think there should be some kind of regulation on drugs, on pharmaceuticals, and on the way that certain doctors are approached about investments and and what they do with their money and where they're putting it. I think there should be something there, so t- right. to avoid this kind of thing from happening. Or maybe I'm just approved in that regard. But it is. It 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 is what it is. So he yells, Rico. Vin Diesel rushes his way over to the phone, as well as every other broker in this office who are trying to get there. And he gets him on the phone, and he sweet-talks this guy into buying 2,000 shares of this drug. 
of this straight up lie. Straight up lies to him, and I like this. It's our, I like it's I, our minimum. I like it's the minimum. That I like. That's actually kind of a good idea. Listen, we have a minimum. I two thousand. Two thousand is way too much. Are you out of your mind? What? Wait, just out of curiosity, why do I have a min- like? He's already like he's got him. He's got him right, right. there. That I'm kind of okay with. I've done that's, it. I've that's done it. That's okay. That's I've okay. done it. I don't think there's a problem with that. You know, you want to get this you're guy testing interested. The, and you're testing the waters. Yeah, I've, I've done absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not, oh my God. Oh my God. So anyways, he hangs up the phone. Everybody cheers. They get rah-rah. And it's a really good day for this trade. And, you know, Seth did a really good job. So. I didn't get everything that was mentioned here, but Chris basically gives the rundown of what's happening here and how it's happening. So to my understanding, the way that the movie gives it off is the firm themselves are fronting the money for these new clients so that the new clients feel like they've earned something. Mm -hmm. That's the idea. I don't think that's legal. (laughs) It can't be. It cannot. Like, if I come to you and I say... I'm buying a stock from you and you don't invest the money in the stock. You just turn around and give me money back plus a little bit of interest. Yeah, sure. You did great. You want to go again? Eh? Nope. No, not at all, right? Nope. <laughs> I don't know. Nope. Not even a little bit. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. This seems so ridiculous. I don't understand. Okay. One of the reasons why they get caught. <laughs> one of the yeah, one of the big reasons why they get caught. So yeah, um, Seth has the wherewithal though in this moment to basically ask Chris, "How is this all being funded? Where is all this money coming from?" And he basically has no answer for this. He's completely clueless, like everybody else in this office probably is. No one understands where the money is coming from. It's, it's, it's a giant pyramid scheme. That's what's happening here. It's a giant yep. pyramid scheme. That's all this is. And he even asks, you know, according to the Series 7, we're only allowed to get paid no more than this percentage, and we're getting paid four times that well on our over. stuff right now. Well over. Right. Well over. The rip is $2 a share. A share. That sounds ridiculous. That sound that that sounds so unrealistically ridiculous. It's so okay. All right. Okay. So anyways, we move on. Seth goes out to dinner with this Abby chick who's played by Nia Long, who also happens to be uh Greg's ex. Greg is the guy who's sponsoring, training Seth. This is all a big no-no. I don't know why it was a big no-no because the storyline goes absolutely nowhere. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Well, that's, no, it does. It does. It goes to the point where what causes Greg to be so mad at Seth the entire time is because of this. Is because of this. But it, it, I, I, I thought this was going to go in a particular direction. It just kind of ends. Which, what do you mean? The I'm whole thing, okay, the whole storyline between Seth and Greg in this movie, and it's all revolving around this woman. Yeah. It kind of just fizzles and goes nowhere. There should have been a fight. There should have been a fight. 
is something that should have happened. Greg right. should have blown up like at at you know a ridiculous time, and there should have been a fight, and it, that that would have been the resolution. But it wasn't. He just kind of pushes him. Pushes him. <laughs> he, pushes him. he falls over. <laughs> And he doesn't even push it because he wants to. He pushes it because other people in the office are kind of like looking, and he's like, "Uh, what do I do? I'll, I'll shove him." Like, what? What? You know, he wanted to punch him, but... probably, <laughs> but he doesn't. He doesn't. Anyways, um, the other fellas they go to, they end up getting into, they go to a bar, they're playing dice. This guy comes out of the bathroom. He just bumps into Greg or whoever. And they just, you know, get out of here, guy. And he goes to turn and walk away, and the dude just flat out cracks him in the back of the head. They throw him outside, and they just start kicking the crap out of him. And I'm like, why? He was leaving. You guys are just, you guys are just, I don't know. They're high. They're all high. They're all on coke. We find out later. They're all been drinking. They're all high. They're all on coke. It's a big, big thing. We get another scene with 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 Seth and Abby, and they're bonding over their family issues, which is a recipe for disaster. It cannot be healthy at all. Every time. Every time. <laughs> I think the funny part is when they bring him out to the alley, and he's they're all just sitting there watching him just punch this guy yes. in the face. Yes. You know? And it's like, if I if I was Seth at this point, I'd be like, "What what's going on what here? Just like, what am I? What am I a part what of? What just like, happened? Yeah, exactly. What am I a part of? What did I join? He even goes to like help. Like when the beating is over, Seth goes to like try to help this guy up, and Vizzy just pulls him away. Says, "No, no, don't nope. help him. We're going right back in and leave this guy out here to bleed." It's unbelievable. And all that happened was the guy accidentally bumped into him. Yeah. It was, he bumped into his boss. It was a boss. mistake. And, and the guy saw how many of them there were, and it was like, all right, you know what? I don't want to get jumped. I'm just going to leave. And they jump him anyway. Great. Great. Yep. Now, like I was saying, they're bonding. Seth and Abby are bonding over family issues. She has a mom that was on drugs and a sick grandmother or whatever. Dad's done in the picture. She's taking care of her, her, her grandmother. That's okay. He goes into this whole story about how he was 10 years old. He was playing on his bike. He was skidding in some puddles after it rained. He slipped. His leg slipped. And the pedal went around so fast that it broke his leg. Nope. Not even possible. It's impossible. Are you sure? It's <laughs> absolutely impossible for a pedal to break your leg. Do you know how many times when I was a kid... My foot slipped on a pedal and it went around and spun and hit me in the back of the leg a million times. Or million the shin, times. And it did hurt. Those it, metal it, pegs, yes. the metal little jagged edges on the side of your pedal, it hurts. It hurts. It, it, and it ripped apart your shin, but I never yes, broke a leg over. Yes. Lots of blood. Lots of blood. Your leg is going to bleed for a little bit. You're fine. You're, you're, <laughs> you're not going to break anything from this. It, no. No. I'm sorry, but no. This person, whoever wrote this part right here, has never fallen off a bike in their life. They have no idea what they're talking about. I'm saying that right now. I call no on this. But whatever. He broke his leg. He can't even ride a bike, probably. Probably not. He broke his leg. And the story is he broke his leg, and he's laying on the side of the road for a half an hour crying. And finally, his dad shows up, and and he said, I saw in my dad's eyes how much he really loved me. And then he smacked me in the face. 
Okay. She sure. really doesn't know why he slapped him in the face, but we know that he broke his leg, and then his dad slapped him. In the, I don't know why. No idea. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'm just <positive> you. <laughs> like, if you're gonna tell a story about when you were like, I understand that like, he's trying to get like sympathy points from her. I get it. <clears throat> yeah, I get it. I get that it. That I get. That but then I he brings the conversation. But then he brings the conversation back up to his dad. Yeah. Like, he didn't break. If you're going to cry during the story, this would have been the scene to do it in. Probably. Maybe. Not in front of your dad. No. Because you're trying to you're trying to show her that, look at me, I have sympathy. I could be, you know, emotional. Yeah. That's but he's just this. telling her the story. He's Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Nope. Nope. No, 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 no. But, so when I was a kid, my grandfather raised me. When I was a kid, I fell off my bike all the time. All the time. And there was one time when I was going down a really steep hill. I tumbled. Break your legs? No. No. <laughs> I tumbled. And I rolled like straight down this hill. I was covered in cuts. I was bloodied from head to toe. I didn't cry. And my grandfather didn't smack me. He came over, picked up my bike, and carried it home for me. And I had to walk, <laughs> like, back to the house and, like, clean myself up. And that was the extent of it. Like, I understand, like, a little bit of tough love. Like, no, you're, you're fine. You can, I'll carry your bike for you, but you're walking home on your own. Like, that I understand. That would have been, like, a halfway decent story here if you want to, like, do that. You broke your leg because the pedal hit you in the shin. And then your dad slapped and you in your the face. Slapped you in the face. To me, this would have been a made-up story. Yes, <laughs> you made yes. this up. You, you made, this up. made this up. That's what I was thinking when it, when he first said it. I'm like, oh, he's making this up because he wants to get in her pants. He wants the sympathy points. Look at me, I'm vulnerable and I can be emotional. Don't you like me? Like I I understand that. I've played that game. This okay. It's real. <laughs> it really happened. Okay. Anyways, it's we're real. we're done with this. We're done with this. Ben Affleck is given another rah-rah speech, and he wants them. Listen, he wants the new recruits all to buy better suits, right? They're not making a whole lot of money. Where do you think they're going to get the money from to buy these suits from? What what are you what are you doing? Not only do they have to buy new suits, they have to also fork over three hundred dollars for the exam. Buy new suits. Give me three hundred dollars for your exam. Thank you. I'm leaving. And he also goes. It's a good. Thing. It's a good thing. The one fifty a week pays for all of that plus all their living expenses. Sure. Sure. Okay. All right. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. I'm sorry. Not at all. Every job I've ever worked, I was always supplied with the materials that I needed. I've been supplied with back braces. I've been supplied with boots. I've been supplied with hard hats. I've been supplied with like gloves and any kind of like braces that I would need for the like every all the materials that I would ever need to like do my job. Like anything that was motorized, like pallet jacks and things. I've done a lot of warehouse work, like pallet jacks and everything else, keys and maintenance, everything that I've I've always been supplied. I never had to pay for anything out of pocket. If I ever walked into a place and they wanted me to pay for materials out of my pocket, I'm walking out the door. I'll find a new job. These jobs are a don't dime do a dozen. Have a good one. Huh? Don't do, don't do sales. I, I, after listening to you and watching this movie, I never will. 
I never will. I paid for so much stuff out of pocket for sales over the years. It's ridiculous. But I tell you what, <clears throat> on this podcast, if you want to pay me to sponsor your product, I will happily, <laughs> I will happily do it. I'll do it that way. Um, what else are we doing? All right. So, and also play the act as if game. Act like you're the president. Act like you own this firm. Act as if you have a nine-inch member. Act like you're the, the you're the boss of everything. Do that when you're on the phone. Be whoever you want to be. Lie. Lie to the people that you're talking to is basically what he's trying to get across. Do a better job. Lie to the people that you're talking to. Buy better suits. Give me $300. Goodbye. Ben Affleck is out. Wow. Okay. Like I said, and I'm not doing a job. I love that his... I love that his only role in this entire movie is to give speeches the entire yes. time. Yes. That's all he does. Yes. Oh, my God. He continues to make sales calls. He practices on a sales call that he gets from a newspaper. And, you know, he practices being a salesman, but only from the other end, like as the recipient, like he's testing out his skills and everything. And okay. in all honesty, I, he, he does a good job I, here. I love this scene. He teaches I this, absolutely love he this scene. He teaches this guy how to be a better salesman. He, he, he just goes on and on about, listen, you're not selling me. You're going to sell me what you're trying to give me right now. So what, why don't we start this all over again? And he goes in. Hi, how are you? Listen, I have a product. I am going to give you what you think you need. Goes through the whole spiel and rigmarole, right? And by the end of it, he's like, good. You did a good job. Fantastic way to sell me on this paper that you're trying to sell me. All right, so you're going to buy it? No, I read a different paper. And he just hangs with the phone and throws it on the table. I love it. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. It was the most intrigue I saw from Giovanni in this movie, and it's it was I liked this. This was pretty cool to watch. I enjoyed this. This is one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. This and another scene that's coming up. This and another scene that's coming Okay. So yeah. anyways, we are back. We are at a bar. There is a dice game going on. Yeah. There is. <laughs> There's another dice game going on. Um, Greg and Seth, they leave in Greg's Ferrari. And he starts complaining about how the other guys spend their time, how they spend their money, how they all make this money, how they all do drugs, how they all have really bad credit. They drive around these really expensive cars, but they can't afford to put $10 worth of gas into it. And he ends this entire conversation with, listen, you might want to stay away from Abby. I'm just trying to protect my friends. Yeah, she's kind of a whore. You know, just stay away from her. It's No, really, <laughs> I like her still, and I don't want you anywhere near her. Pretty and much. Pretty wrong. much. The whole thing. The whole thing. We get a little bit more about what's going on with this company. Seth forgets his bag, and he has to go back into the office to get it. And he notices a guy. Now, the guy he notices was pointed out before, and I forgot to write it down earlier. The guy is pretty much there to make sure that everybody here is on the up and up, right? The FCC requires that every law, f that every you know brokerage firm has a guy like this there to keep an eye on everybody to make sure they're following the rules and the guidelines, right? But this guy, when we first saw him, he ain't doing much of that of anything. He's getting there. He's eating. He's not paying attention to what's going on on the floor, whatever. This guy now... Thinking he's alone is shredding papers. A lot of papers. A lot of them. A lot of them. Shred everything. Everything. Okay. The entire day's work. All of it. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Absolutely. At this point in time, why would you not say something? 
because he wants to be rich and he wants his father's approval and he wants to, you know, prove himself and the whole thing. It's the dumbest reasons in the world to stay here. He does not have like a solid reason to stay working at this company. Not at all. And I'm sorry, no, but it's not I, like he has a friend who's tied to it and he's just trying to be. Oh, there is that one friend, but he's not close enough where he's no. like, he's not invested enough yet. No, it's not. like If he, he had got, been there for 10 years and he didn't know about it and now he's finding out. Okay. Yeah. Even then, but at this point, you're like, I've been here for less than three months. I could, I could even understand if he like, if he had a sick parent, or or a friend that you know needed money, and like, and like, you know, Seth was the breadwinner right now, and like, I have to do this so that my friend or my mother is like survives and like gets their medication or whatever. Like that would have been a perfectly logical reason to stay working for the shady company for a little while until you can figure out what your next move is. But his reasons are just, I want my daddy to love me. You would think if you really want your dad to love you and you knew about this and you were already working for one scheme and your dad hated you for that scheme, let me leave this scheme and go find one that's legit. (laughs) Anyways... be mad at him no matter what. We're back at his apartment, and this guy, this kid that Seth left in charge of the whole casino thing, he's not hacking it. The money's not coming in the same, despite the fact that this kid brought on kind of a partner to help him out with things around the casino. He's still not hacking it. Money is down, and Seth just you know throws his hands up in the air and says, "Okay, that's it. We're done. I'm shutting everything down." Great, which is what your father wanted. Perfect. Perfect. So, back in the office, he finally closes a sale. He does it on his own, which is a problem. Greg is really pissed because what he just did is an FCC violation because he has not passed the Series 7 yet, and they could just come in there and shut the place down if they wanted to. I'm sorry. If you're already running a pyramid scheme, you're already, we'll find it later, already selling stocks that aren't exactly on the up and up. You're doing pump and dumps all over the place. Why do you care who sells a stock? You can just change the name on the paperwork if you really want to once you submit it. Why? Why? Why is this even a thing? You have no answer. They're they're trying to make it seem like it's legit. And he's just not seeing it really. They're trying to give you the... They're trying to show the... The movie is trying to cover up what's actually going on, so you have so you're questioning what's going on. They don't want to be so on the nose, even though it's so on the nose. I guess so. That's the only reason why. Yeah, you're right. Because of right. movie plot. You're right, movie. You're right. Um, so Seth now he's starting to put the pieces of the puzzle together. He's coming across documents that are looking kind of shady. He's seeing this mystery man shredding a whole bunch of papers. He saw this mystery man. And Mike, the owner of this firm, or the, the boss of this firm, go into a shady building together. He really wants to know what that's all about. He puts the pieces together. He's starting to figure everything out, and it doesn't really go anywhere here because it's lovemaking time, and he gets lucky with Abby. And everything kind of else goes completely out the window for him. Sure. I mean, good on him. Neil Long is gorgeous. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah, all right. Um, all right. So... We meet Harry. I really feel bad for this guy. We meet Harry, who works a regular schmegular desk job. He does not look like he has a lot of money. He's saving up for a house. 
And Seth gets him on the phone and tells him about this massive pharmaceutical company that's designing a new drug that'll help premature babies survive. Yep, he doesn't really let him think about it. He doesn't really let him get off the phone so that he can go call his wife. He basically bullies him into buying a good chunk of the stock, and he ends up closes the deal. Yep. It's a small, just a small amount. Just a small amount to wet his whistle a little bit. Just a small amount yep. to wet his whistle a little bit, and that's all that we're going to be getting. So he passes his Series 7. Yay! The crew goes out, and they party, and they get into kind of a little argument with a table across from them who just wanted to keep a noise down. I'm surprised there wasn't a brawl here. We've already seen a brawl a couple of other times in this movie. I don't know why it didn't happen here with this new group now. I really don't care. We can move on from that. So Harry tells his wife that he buys stock. Obviously, she's asking the right questions. Who is this guy? How did he get your name? How did he get your number? How did he find out about you? How does he know that you have money? And Harry has absolutely no answer to any of this, and he just gets completely frustrated because she's right. And he's just like, trust me, this is a good thing. I like this guy. He's a family man. Just leave it alone. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Yeah, they're they're laying it on pretty thick right now, how on the nose this is. Very, very. Yeah. His wife, who's not in this office, who was not in the office nor on the phone call when this conversation happens. Who is he? How did he get your name? How did he get your number? What's wrong with you? (laughs) No idea. Okay. No idea. He has no idea. Not even thinking. And that's the thing, too, is he's not even thinking anything of it. Not at all. Not at all. Because Seth is so good at his job right now that he's able to blind him by the potential money that he could possibly make. That that must be very attractive to a lot of people. It it has to be. It has to. I can't, yeah. The potential of making money? The potential of making You know what? So, I'm not going to name names because I don't, well, I can. You can buy your house in cash tomorrow. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a yeah. That's a yeah. That's attractive. Okay, maybe so, you could buy your house in cash. Leave the tomorrow part out of it. <laughs> not gonna happen. Not gonna happen at all. You 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 buying you buying? What did he do? He bought two hundred shares, right? At first, he bought two hundred. For eight hundred dollars a share, for eight dollars a share, eight dollars a share. Yeah, I'm about to say so eight hundred. Jesus. <laughs> so he spent. He spent what? Twenty five hundred bucks. Around that, yeah. Around that. Invest that today, and you can buy your house cash tomorrow. Sure. That's impossible. Yep. Impossible. It, well, I should say almost impossible, but it is very much. So, and I'm I'm going to tell a story. I'm not going to name names because I don't want anything to happen to this platform. And there's a possibility that if the wrong person heard this, they would be able to. So I'm going to be really broad. Everybody's going to know what I'm talking about. But there is a certain billionaire in the world who um, is in possession of a very popular bird who bigged up, talked up, encouraged, promoted a very uh, low-level, entry-level cryptocurrency. It was clearly a pump and dump. 
clearly a pump and dump scheme that he pulled off. You think so? Absolutely. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely <clears throat> a pump and dump. Because when he stopped talking about it, it tanked. Nothing to say. <laughs> Nothing to say right now. <laughs> that I'm sorry. It's true though. That that's exactly so question, what he he, he the, I'm not I'm not naming his name. I'm not going to talk about the crypto, and I'm not going to talk about anything else. I don't want to name that. But it's that's exactly fine. what happened. That's exactly so what my he question. Did. My question to that though is: Is who's the fool? The one who leads or the one who follows? So, okay, Lee. No, in this case, he, he's kind of brilliant. Is he? But people, people followed him. People <laughs> did get money. People made money off of it. Absolutely. I'm not going to say that. Absolutely. I got in on that ride and I got out way early and I'm glad that I did. I made a lot of money. The problem is, is that the way that, the way that he promoted it and the way that he the way that he pumped that thing up, how that's not, how that's not market manipulation is beyond me. It's, it absolutely was. In every sense of the word, it was market manipulation. In every sense. Because as soon as he stopped talking about that, or as he, I don't know if he promoted it, or people within his team promoted it, or maybe it was just the bird that promoted it. He was supposed to bring it up on a particular, very popular Saturday night show, and it didn't happen, and then it was, plummeted. Was he the owner of the bird before that happened? No. <clears throat> so I wouldn't blame that then. <clears throat> he didn't buy the bird, but he, didn't, he did not buy the bird before this. It was way after, way after. But still, still, his following, just the amount of... <laughs> <laughs> the amount of traffic that saw so, I'll be honest, during this time. I'll be honest. If he wants to use, if he's trying to invest into something and he wants to use his popularity to make something go up and he's trying that and people buy that and it, and it inflates, if it inflates it or whatever, raises it up, that's one thing. If you're doing because, that for your product, I don't have a problem with it. It's not his product. He did it. He did it to make a truckload of money. Right, but there's nothing that's illegal about what he did. And people bought into it. If he was if he was the same guy who was talking up Passion in the Desert, Passion <laughs> in the Desert would become the most popular movie for a long time. Why? Because so and so talked about it. Yeah, but you're not so, you're not you're not at risk for losing money by watching Passion in the Desert. People still have the opportunity to say yes or no by buying into it or not. That's the only thing. If he, in this case, where it doesn't exist, it's not real. They fake it and then they show that it phases out on purpose because it's not legitimately a real product. That's one thing. In this case, he's actually using a real product. He's just using his fame to boost it up, to make money. And then when he stops talking about it, <laughs> it goes away. Whatever. Whatever. That's what marketing is all about. Yeah, but that's that's, what, that's not that's not marketing. That's manipulating the market. But he, no one, people could have said no. No, you're absolutely right. Like, like let's look. Let's look at another. 
light beer. <laughs> the way that they're marketing right now. Do you realize that Fenway just had a baseball game? There was not a single person all game went and bought that. They're trying to manipulate the market to buy that product. It backfired on them. Their their profits are down almost 30% right now, if not more. They're okay. People will use a popular person to boost their product all the time. Of course they will. Of course they will. I'm not saying that they won't. But when you're talking about I don't know. I get I don't have a I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with what he did if he was trying to promote his own product. If he's trying to promote his vehicle, I don't have a problem with that. He's promoting a product that he is, you know, not not the the owner of and he's promoting, you know, a service and a product to people and you can go out and you can purchase it or not. That's whatever. He's, you know, promoting other things as well. You have the decision of whether or not you want to pay attention to it or not. Here, I don't know. I don't know. His just just just, just the power of his 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 voice and his popularity and what he clearly did and why. It's right. I see. I see. I the don't bad like. I don't. I don't like. I when I don't. I don't like market manipulation in any sense of the word. I, I just don't because you're 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 artificially you're artificially pumping something up in order for you to gain something from it. It's it's right. it's it's not it's not stealing. I see. It's I understand not... why you don't. I understand why you don't like it, but it's real. Two thousand eight. Okay, so the two thousand eight housing crisis when that happened, you know, banks were letting everybody take money, and they shouldn't have been letting everybody take money. And they stopped since. Kinda. No, I, I did. I did home lending for for a year. The ridiculous hoops you have to go through to now borrow money to buy a home. It's frustrating to people. Understandable. It's super frustrating. Understandable, but there's still there 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 are still loopholes. Like they just didn't they just pass that bill where they're they're lowering they're lowering rates for people who don't have desirable credit. They're so they lowering found, rates. They found a so loophole there. Yeah, they're, they're, it's not a loophole. They're lowering rates by a certain amount for people under a certain, like under a 680 credit score. And the people above a 680 credit score, their bills are going to go up by $40 uh, payment to actually offset, which is that I don't like. That I don't like. Because now I'm responsible to pay. I have to pay a higher rate so that you can get a lower rate. When your when your credit score is lower than mine, no, you get the rate that your credit score you deserve because oh absolutely. I mean, I used to, when I was selling cars. The lowest credit score I saw was a three fifty three fifty five. Jesus, do you know what it takes to get a three fifty? It takes effort. Yeah, I mean, you, you have, have to. You have to try to to blow everybody off. Really hard. Yeah. As hard as it is to get a 350, to get an 800, it is to get a 350. Let me, like, oh, like these people, like, they could still, we found ways to get them cars still at a ridiculous interest rate. But 
this new housing, what they were doing in 08, where I hate it in 08, 09, when that market, when the bank thing happened is when certain banks were going under, let them fail. I agree. In the market, in the market will adjust. I agree. Like what just happened? There let shouldn't it have fail. Been a, there, I agree with you 100%. There shouldn't have been a bailout. I agree. Let it I fail. I agree. Let it fail. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. If it fails, it fails. But at the it's... same time... <laughs> you're gonna... You're gonna... <laughs> I know. I know. No, I agree with you. For the most Here's part, the of, what, for the it, most part it, of what it, you're it, saying it, right now, for the most part of what you're saying right now, I do agree. Where I draw the line is where you are artificially pumping something up in order to gain a significant amount of money from it, which is exactly what he did. That's market manipulation right. through and through. I personally, I personally Bill Gates don't like that. Jobs. Huh? Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. I mean, a, a lot of people, when, when Bill Gates stole windows from Steve Jobs, basically. Ah, dad, 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 dad. Not, not, used, not, not. He used, he used a loophole to do the exact same thing. He recreated it to a degree. I believe. Steve Jobs. I believe. Steve Jobs. Go ahead. Steve Jobs gave Bill Gates an opportunity to use the product and he took it to go look at it and, and to try to make it better. And he changed a few things on it, changed the name and then market. And then it took. And the windows blew up, and it took like 10, 12 years, 15, no, maybe 20 years for Mac to really come back onto the market and like make a big name for themselves. Barely, because Windows is still, what, 90% of the market? 80? Windows is still between 80 and 90% of the market, even when OS blew up. Even when OS blew up, they've never never been. But if you want like. Like like photography and and cinematography, Mac is the way to go. Well, absolutely. I don't. But well, unless like, you're going unless you're going to build a high end PC, right? But if you look at like office supplies, your average your average, you know, company, I could buy a Dell laptop with Windows 11 for 500 bucks, or I could buy a Mac for 2,500 dollars. There's hang on. There's a reason for that. The reason for that is this. <clears throat> when you're I can't believe we're talking about this geeky stuff when you're I know <laughs> when you're when you're dealing with Windows say you have a problem with your operating system or say you have a problem with a component if you call Windows and you say hey listen I'm getting this error message they're gonna turn around and say well you gotta call Dell that's not us and then you call Dell and you say listen I'm getting this error message well that's not us you gotta call Nvidia and then you call Nvidia and they'll give you the runaround well that's not us I don't know why Dell told you to call us you gotta call Dell and you're just gonna exactly. go in a continuous circle when you're dealing with Apple you're dealing with Apple the logics board is built by Apple everything that you get when you get a MacBook is Apple you're going to one place in one place only so Apple, for that reason, and the reason why their ecosystem is so closed off to other third-party apps is because they're very closed off for that reason. Their products hold their value. They're, they're, it's, it's unbelievable. If you go and you try to buy a two-year-old graphics card, you're going to buy it at a significantly cheaper price than when you first paid for it. It's probably going to be 60 to 70% cheaper than it was when it first came out. If you want to go buy a fourth or fifth generation macbook you're paying close to brand new price for that it's 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 unbelievable macs hold their value and it's something i give them credit for i personally True. don't like macs but that's that's a big reason why 
Right. I'm not a fan of Macintosh. Neither but, am I. Or I, I hate their I hate their phones. Their phones junk. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Anyways, why? How did we how did I don't know how we got there? I don't think it Neither matters. do I. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, blah 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 blah. This, that, and everything else. Everything. Okay. Yeah, so um so Seth investigates this building that he saw Mike and the shady guy going into. He goes in there, he sees them walking around, and it's just an empty office full of phones. And they're talking in the background, and they're basically going back and forth about, listen, if we got to be out of here in a couple of hours, we're going to be out of here in a couple of hours. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to be gone. And it's like, all right, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. More and more, this is more and more, this is this is what it is. I love that the phones are just on the ground. Like, you, like for what reason? Do you want people to work on the floor? Like, why the phones on the ground? I don't understand why the phones are on the ground. It bothered me. I'm I'm done. I'm yeah, at done. least have at least have desks. Something. Like if it's if it's empty, if it's empty shell with desks and chairs and fine. <laughs> if this company is making all this money, they can afford it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean they're paying I mean according to them, they're paying four hundred thousand dollars a month for the phone bill. Phone bill. Four hundred grand a month for a phone bill. Okay. Back in uh so Abby, we see her. She gets picked up by the feds. We don't know what they're going to talk about, but they got her now, which is a really great sign. Um, Seth, he's killing it, man. He's closing a whole lot of accounts. He's bigging himself up. He's doing five to six a day, and we watch him close his 40th account, and everybody's really happy for him. But, um, yeah, Greg, Greg's not happy. Greg's just salty that, you know, Seth got the girl, and he goes, listen, that 40th account, that's my money. You didn't close anything. You didn't make anything. Sorry, bud. Rules are rules. Whatever. It's unbelievable. And then Seth basically tells him, F off. You know, what's the matter with you? The whole room kind of looks like, what is he going to do? And it's the most... Nothing. It's the most dainty push. It's the most dainty, girly push you've ever seen. It's like, eh. And he falls down on the ground. Seth falls down on the ground with his eyes wide like he can't believe what just happened. He's never been hit in his life. Oh, my God. Okay. It's ridiculous. Okay. All right. Oh, my God. And he basically, he's laying down on the ground, and he gets all up in his face. Greg does, and he's like, don't forget who I am. You're on my team. I'm not on yours. And, and that's basically it. And this is where the storyline of <laughs> this love triangle seemingly Comes to ends. An end. It's over with a push. I call it more of a shove than a push. You call it okay, sure. Yeah, like he really didn't put a lot of effort into it. Sure. And, and, and Giovanni, should, Seth shouldn't have fallen. Like I wouldn't <laughs> no. have fallen from that kind of no. Like, Absolutely. Maybe step, no. maybe we'll a step few back steps a little back. bit. Step back a little bit. Like, whoa. <laughs> All right, buddy. Let's let's do this. But no, he falls to the ground. Okay. Yep. Okay. Sure. All right. All right. Mike comes along and he basically congratulates the team on a really good month. Tells them that this month is going to be even better, and then gets into a whole spiel about this new company called MedPatent. It's a company that makes retractable needles, and doctors and nurses are going to be able to use this without fear of infection from dirty needles. 
This is not going to be an alternative. This is going to be the industry standard. Sounds legit. Sounds. Sure. It sounds. Yeah. All right. Then they all go out and they party. And that's what we see at the beginning of the movie. And they're all, you know, they're all doing drugs. They're the women and everything else. The whole rigmarole. And everybody's having a really good time. Uh, Seth finds this office of Medpatton and it's completely empty. Em- empty. There's a cardboard thing in the mirror that's dirty. <laughs> it says, and it says Medpatton Technologies on it. And there's paper all over the wall and everything. There's a whole lot of nothing going on inside this office. It's nothing. It's absolutely nothing. nothing. It's fake. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So what does he do when he finds all of this out? This is his breaking point. Seeing the empty office is finally his breaking point. And he tells his new girlfriend, Abby, everything that he found out, that Med Patton is BS, it's empty, and Mike's makes his money by, by pumping dumb schemes, and he has a bunch of investors pouring their money into a company that's trying to go public, and that the insiders then pull the rug, and they stop talking about it. Stop talking about it. And then the stock basically plummets, and everybody's left holding their bag. Nothing. Stop talking about it. Stop <laughs> talking about it. Stop talking about it. <laughs> oh, my God. It. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yep. So we go back to Harry. He uh, he reads some bad news about what's going on with the stock in the newspaper, and he, he hides it from his family, throws it over in the corner, and blah, blah, blah. The feds are still pursuing Abby. Now they're calling him on the phone, her on the phone, I apologize. And then Ben Affleck gives his third rah-rah speech to these new recruits. And all of these are awesome, by the way. He Not good, guys. Not good. How come Seth is the only guy who's making sales? The rest of you really aren't doing anything. He tells him to get really good at their rebuttals, tells him to get better at being salesmen. I was a, you know, a salesman of over 40 sales by the time I was 27. You guys aren't really cutting it, blah, blah. The whole thing, it's amazing. Ben Affleck in this movie is incredible. I love Ben Affleck yep. in this movie. He's fantastic. If so, ben Affleck stuck to roles like this, he would have been a, better than he is today. I don't think he's that bad. I mean, he's taken some garbage roles in his career, but I don't think he's that bad. He wasn't bad as uh, Batman. Batman. No, he wasn't bad as Batman, but he wasn't good as Bruce Wayne, though. No, he wasn't good. No, he wasn't good in Daredevil. Never mind. He did Daredevil. Never mind. I take all that back. Never mind. John Favreau was better in Daredevil than Ben Affleck That's was. Bad. That that was such a bad movie. <laughs> that was such a bad movie. Okay, so here we go. Seth calls Harry, and Harry's not happy. He wants to know why his stock is down five percent, and he basically says, "I want to sell. I want to get out of this," and it's not not going to happen. Ben Affleck makes an announcement that their rips are going from $2 to $3, and everybody in the office goes wild. Seth uses this as the opportunity to go, listen to, listen to this talk, and just throws the phone in the air as everybody's celebrating, and the whole rig of Sells him this massive idea about what the stock is going to do, throws a whole bunch of numbers at him to try to confuse him, and it kind of works. I mean, you know, Harry spits a number back. Yeah, yeah, sure, I understand what you're saying. He has no clue what Seth is talking about. At the end of this, Seth is able to get this guy to dump his life savings into this stock. And this is the part I thought was just like the way it was done. He's like, I'm going to go into my office. 
and he kicks the back of his desk yeah. and he goes underneath his yes. desk and he sits there. That scene has always stuck out to me. I thought it was pretty cool. Really? Just the way, uh, it's such a simple scene, simple. but just the, it's simple, but you can do that and not be sleazy and have it be a cool thing to like, you know, to yeah. work your customer. Yeah. You could do that in a legit sales call and say, hey, I'm going to my office and then not go into your office and just go because he's already in his office. Right. So he's, he's technically not lying, but he just he does it in a cool way. And I thought that he he pulls it off really, really well. Um, but that was it was just the way that he did it. I thought that was really cool. Outside of that. It was cool. I think the, it was effective. The simplicity of it worked. The, right. sim- the simplicity of it is what I like. I agree with you. So he's on the phone and he basically gets him to dump his entire life savings into this stock. $50,000, which is what he is like. I, I, that money is for a down payment on my house. If I lose this, I lose the house. $50,000. Here you go. We're off to the races. Great. Great. 50 grand. You're down 5%. And, like, I understand when you're trading and if if it's a legitimate company, like if it's Apple, because we were just talking about this, if it's Apple or Microsoft and you own stock in that and it starts to kind of have a really bad day and it's in the red, you it. no, you buy on the way down because you're buying cheap. Because right. it's going to recover and you're going to gain on you're going to gain a lot of money on your losses. Right, but you don't sell what you already have. You don't sell. When 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 no. when there's blood in the streets, the last thing you do is sell. But I'm just saying the way that the way that I do it is when it's on when you when there is a red day, you gradually buy on the way down. That way you're not blowing everything. That way when it recovers again, you're gonna gain a lot of money. 50 grand for 5% at it's the stock is down 5% so your smart idea is to dump 50 grand your life savings. He's an idiot. Yep. Flat out. Obviously. He's an idiot. Obviously. Yep. Obviously an idiot. Now, Seth is sleazy for doing this. Only because he already he knows what he's into at this point. Like at this point, he fully understands he's part of kind of a pump and dump. He fully understands right. that there's there's this is a pyramid scheme. He gets it. He's just trying to get what he can right now. So he's sleazy about doing this. But still, the guy on the other end, this Harry guy, is like, yeah, sure, fifty grand. Here you go. Sure, why not? Okay. Nope. Okay. Okay. My wife would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> if you took 50 grand out of your savings and, and it wasn't threw it just into a down payment market. it wasn't just a down payment on a house they were in the middle of buying the house yeah. <clears throat> so they lost that house yeah but yeah it's yeah over. it's over it's oh, yeah. over Anyways, so was his marriage. Probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> so Seth's dad, they're meeting now. And yeah, Seth's dad did some research about this company. 
I wonder how difficult this must have been. And his dad is really mad about everything. You lied to us again. You're taking people's money. You're screwing people. You're, did, you, did you make a dime for any of your clients? Have you made them any kind of money at all? No, you haven't. They've you're all stealing. lost money. You're, yeah, you're stealing their money. I never want to see you again. Don't call me. Don't call the house. Don't show up. Goodbye. And that's basically, we think, that's the end of, of their relationship. And for the sake of this movie, I think it should have been. I don't think you needed the whole end of this thing to like get them back together. It could have found a different way. So right. the feds now, they're considering whether or not they're going to bring Seth in. They're getting fine. Back in the office the next day, the next day after this poor guy Harry dumped $50,000 of his savings into this stock, that stock right now is down 87%. Yeah. I'd go postal. Oh yeah, <laughs> I would go absolutely. Your life is over, right? Like it's yep. it's it's done. You're starting from scratch. You have nothing. You have absolutely nothing. You're starting all over again. That's that's what you. Great, great. And everybody in the office knows we're gonna get phone calls all day about this. Don't worry about anything. Tell your clients not to worry. We're gonna get through this. Keep them. He actually, this guy Greg actually gets. A sale ticket. I am 100% positive this is illegal. He gets a sales ticket and he says, no, no, he's not selling. We're not making any sales today. Get him back on the phone and tell him no. And then he rips up the sales ticket. Yep. I'm almost positive that that has to be illegal. That has be. to be. That has to be illegal. to For a stockbroker to rip a, up a sales ticket. I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. A lot of crazy illegal stuff going on in this movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. That has to be that that's pyramid scheme aside. For somebody for somebody with a stock license or a license in stock, you rip up a sales ticket. Okay. Whatever. 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 Harry uh gives a, Harry wants his money back. He needs his money back. He needs his money back. He's gonna lose that house. He needs his money back. He's frantic absolutely frantic and says like i'm sorry i can't do that uh i gotta go it just hangs up the phone on him click <laughs> i thought that was actually pretty funny and then tells the receptionist listen if he calls back i'm not here and he calls back and basically he's not here and we basically watch harry lose it for a minute because he's out 50 grand <laughs> that money's gone that's gone. wild that's wild Oh my God, Seth then feeling down, guilty about everything that he's doing goes and he visits his dad at work. The judge goes to his dad's office. The judge, you're a part of a pyramid scheme. You're going to your dad's office, who is a judge. You're kind of a moron here. And he's thinking on his way over there about how he misses the casino. He misses the idea of like being able to look people in the eye and providing them a service that they wanted. Instead of selling them something that they didn't want, which I really like, I like that line. Some truth there. Yeah, yep. there's a lot of truth there. There's a whole lot of truth there. Um, I I appreciated that. That was really cool. And he basically asks his dad for help to get out of this firm, but before he gets out of this firm, he gotta perform an IPO scam. Basically, asks his dad, the judge, to help him perform an I an IPO scam. Um, because they didn't explain it in the movie, I'm going to explain a little bit of what an IPO is. 
it is basically stock insurance insurance where high rollers who are involved in the stock market basically get insurance on the money that they're putting up. It's ridiculous what they're able to get away with. They actually get insurance. So the company, on behalf of the company that's investing, doesn't lose their money. Oh my God. So this firm isn't going to lose a dime over this stock that's tanked 87% because they have insurance. Wow. The people who bought it don't. No, not at all. Not at all. Unless they're, unless they're a company. Unless they're a company. So, like, if McDonald's or what is it? Um, better Foods? Gooder Foods? Food Yummer? Yummy Food? Something like that. Whatever, whatever big stock owns, like KFC and and um, and Taco Bell, and I think Pizza Hut's another one. And there's one more. It might be either Burger King or McDonald's. I, I don't, and I'm not 100 percent on that. But if they invest in whatever, and it tanks, I can guarantee you that they are not going to lose money <laughs> because of right. It's, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. It's absolutely wild. What am I doing wrong? Okay. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Yeah, he asked his father for help about the whole thing. And then his father basically deads this conversation, like, pretty pretty fast. Like, I know you're not trying to ask me to help you pull off the scam. What's the matter with you? And then they just dead it, and he goes into a whole thing about the bike. And the broken leg. And he cries, Daddy, please help me. Help your son. Help your son. And his father just says, no. 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 And he gets up and gets his jacket and he walks out of his father's office with tears coming. Oh, he stops crying. Kind of. No, he stops crying. His his face is like bright red. and he's... It's bright red, but he stops crying. <laughs> okay. And then he just walks away saying nothing, doing nothing. It's... Pretty uh that's why I said he they could have done like to your point, he could have just been mad. Yep. Yep. Just be mad. Um, Abby, who is, you know, talking to the feds, in so many words basically tells Seth, maybe you should just quit. This isn't a good idea. You should just get out right now while you the whole thing doesn't tell him that, you know, I'm talking to the feds. None of that language at all. Just you should quit, you should get out, and he leaves. Great. We see Harry whose wife and kids are packed up, bundled up, and on their way out of the door. And Harry is in a corner in the fetal position <laughs> by himself. And this, they is the, left and this is the last time that we see Harry. He's done. He's I, done. I feel so bad for this guy. I feel so bad for this guy. And I... This is going to sound really morbid, but I have just a sneaking suspicion that he offs himself by the end of this whole thing. Like, it's just like, it's just where my mind goes. Like, what else are you going to do? You lost all your money. Your wife and kids are gone. They're not coming back. What's going to happen? You got Unbelievable nothing. Unbelievable that he got swindled out of $50,000. I feel, I feel kind of bad for him. I'm not going to The crazy lie. thing is, is there's people that have fallen for these things I know. in real life. I know. I know. It, I, 
it, it's just, you know, there are some people out there who just have the gift of gab and can talk, talk, talk. Just, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, good on them for having that talent, but geez. Use it for something good. I agree. I agree. Um. Anyways, yeah, I, 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 I kind of wonder what happens to Harry. I hope he ended up okay, but I don't think so. Um. So Daddy calls Seth, telling him that he, you know, really wants to try to talk him out of doing this. But um, if he's not going to not do it, he's going to use his judge power to make sure that he doesn't get caught while he's doing it. Great. You said that on the phone because the feds were listening and obviously they arrest Seth. His dad is already down there. They got everything on tape. They recorded his father saying, I'm going to help you not get caught. And I love I love this. I love that Seth goes into this whole thing about, listen, I'll help you. I'll do whatever you want to do. I'll even go to jail. But my father has nothing to do with this. You walk him out of the back door now. I never see his name in a paper or else I'm not going to talk. And it's great. I like that from Seth. You're helping out your dad. You know, you kind of got him into this mess and you're willing to get him out and you're willing to go to prison just to make sure that he's able to remain a judge. Fine. Fine. Right. I actually like that. It's the best thing that you've done in this movie so far. It's the most noble thing you've done in this movie so far. So now I can kind of, I can kind of get on board with you. What do the feds want? Well, they want him to go back to his office. I laughed at this. They want him to go back to his office. They want a copy of his book and they want him to back up the C drive on a floppy. One floppy disk. One floppy (laughs) disk. Just one floppy disk. Okay? Three point, what, 3.5 megabit, megabits on hard drives back in the early 2000s were easily two, maybe four gigs? One floppy disk. You would need at least ten. You would need a lot more than just one. Right. But it's a movie. Whatever. There weren't he didn't many. do it really. And they, I love how when he does it too, it's like you like his foot shaking and he's nervous and it's like, no, no, no. Like why? I want to see you like taking a disc out, putting a disc in, taking a disc out in yes. the middle of the floor. Yes. <laughs> I. You know what? Anytime I see things like this, the only thing that bothers me is the copy screen always has to be. <laughs> oh, the copy icon always has to be opened on the monitor. Why don't you just put something over it? Pretend like you're doing something else and have the copying icons in the background. That way people can't see what you're doing. Why has that never been a thing in movies? Why does it always have to be front and center, fully visible for everybody to see? It blows my... I don't know. No idea. I don't know. Whatever. It's because it has to shit because it's the race against time. It's the race against time. Yeah. You know. Yep. I need this now and it's taking forever. So, like I said, they want him to go back to work and they want him to copy everything onto that floppy. Okay. And they agree. Everybody agrees. His father's going to go away free. He's going to get them the copy of the the, the floppy of the hard drive that they need and the book and everything else. And he's going to testify against everybody who's in this office. Great. Perfect. Then we get the thing, the thing, the the thing. For whatever reason, they have to go back. Daddy and Seth have to have a talk about this bike accident. 
and his father wants him to know that that was the most scariest moment of my life when I saw you. I didn't know what to do. I just wanted to make all of your pain going go away. I've never been more afraid of my life. I, I, I didn't know what to do in that moment, and I want you to know that I've never been more sorry than I am right now. Okay. Didn't know what to do, so I slapped you in the I face. I slapped you in the face. <laughs> Why? It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Why? Absolutely fantastic. Anyways, where are we? Uh, yeah, the next day. Uh, hang on. Next day. So the next day at work, he's trying to make up for everything that he did because it's his last day who's in the office. He tries to give Harry a call. But it's a no-go. Harry doesn't pick up. I don't know what happened to Harry. I hope he's okay. So uh, he goes in and he talks to Mike, and he basically convinces Mike that this guy, Harry, who spent a lot of money in the firm, needs a break, and he wants to give him a part of the IPO money that's going to be coming in. That's basically insurance. He wants to give a part of this to Harry to kind of make up for everything that happened. Really noble of him to do this. Perfect. Mike agrees to everything, despite everything that Greg thinks. He doesn't want to do any of that blah, 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 because Greg's a, he's, he's, he's not, he's not a good person. Nope. He copies the floppy in record time. Let me tell you something about floppy disks. They took a long, long, long time to copy. You would be sitting there sometimes almost a minute, maybe a minute and a half to copy files onto a floppy drive depending on how fast your A drive actually was back in these days. They don't do this kind of thing anymore. It doesn't happen. But I'm just saying it happened really, really fast, especially for the year 2000. I, okay, I'm done. Well, in the year 2000, CDs were out too. You could you could rip CDs. You could so rip. Burners were not out in 2000 yet. Burners didn't come out until maybe... Uh, 2002, uh, 2003. When did I get my first CD burner? I don't even remember. I don't even remember. I could have sworn CD. Really well, cool. CDRs were available in 1991. They came on the market in 97. Jesus. So 2000. Okay. They could have easily they had it. They could have easily had them in 2000. You're right. Wow. Wow. Yeah, but I wonder how much they were in the early 90s. Oh, they were expensive. They must have been. In the late 90s, when they first hit the... The, the market they were they were still three expensive. four five yeah five, six, five, five, five. yeah yeah they were still really expensive now you wow. can buy them for like 50 bucks <laughs> if you can even find them because they don't even you have the usb drives now thumb drives and yeah. most laptops if they sell them with the cd-rom they have a cd burner built in but thumb drives took over the market so no absolutely absolutely Thumb drives and cloud space, cloud storage really took over the market as well. Right. It's wild how far we've come. It's, oh, Jesus Christ. In I think such about, little time. I think about, like, life, my, like, small little life as a techie in the early 2000s, like, where I am now, and it's like, geez. It's like the things, never mind. Anyways, 
Um, he copies the floppy. He gets Chris Vin Diesel to sign off on the sale for Harry in this IPO scheme that he did. Great. It absolutely worked. So uh, he's got some of Harry's money back. I can't imagine he has it all back, but he has some of Harry's money back, which is really good. He, um, he also tells Chris that the raid is coming. The feds are coming. They know everything. I've been talking to them. Sorry, buddy. I got to go. And that's basically the end of that. We see Chris, who's packing up his bag. Seth is packing up his bag, and he's walking out of there. And the feds arrive with the cavalry and jail buses to this office to arrest everybody. And the parting words of Seth is, I tried selling crack rock. I don't have a wicked jump shot. Now I got to find a job. End. I love that it's the only office building <laughs> anywhere. It's Jersey. <laughs> There's nothing else around, like, this, at all. This was, this, was, this was a cool little movie. I didn't hate it. I absolutely didn't hate it. I don't think I've ever truly hated anything that you've recommended to me. This was not a bad movie. I'm not going to lie. Giovanni bothers me, but he bothers me in almost everything that he's in. I just I can't identify with his acting style. I can't do it. Everything else, though, this wasn't bad. This was not a bad film through and through. No, I, I, I think overall, I, I figured you would have liked it at least. Yeah. Minimum for the, for the style because it's. It has that indie feel without being an indie movie. A little bit, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, I mean, it's twenty three years old, so does it fully stand the test of time? Not really. Not really. Not really. Um, a lot of the stuff though is pretty accurate in how people sell, and the the sleaziness with some people. Mm-hmm. So that's there. But, you know, it's not Dreamcatchers. No. No, <laughs> it's not. This is actually a halfway decent movie. Way better so, than, than Dreamcatcher. That way so I better. Wa- I haven't watched this film in probably 10 to 12 years. Oh, it's wow. not like a, it's not a go-to movie for me. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those movies where... On occasion, you're like, you want to watch, if you want to watch a decent film and not feel like you're wasting your time, this is a good movie to watch. Yeah, I can see that. Um, So I'll always, you know, someone's like, hey, I just want to watch a film tonight. You know, it doesn't need to be crazy. I love the fact that it's not three hours long. Yes. Yes. You know, it's very easy um, to watch. Easy film to watch. Very easy film to it's watch. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of decent meat for a shorter film, and you get a good story out of it. The storyline I I appreciate and I like. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have done things a little bit better in some cases. Um, the whole but overall the whole, whole storyline between him and his father in the bike. Eh, could have been better. It could have been better. It could have been done a lot better, I think. But that's it. That's really the only, I mean, if there was anything in this movie that I would have taken out and replaced with something else, it's probably the storyline between him and his father and the whole bike situation because it didn't really fit here. Like, you're, right. you're, you're, you're pining for the affections from a man who slapped you in the face because you broke your leg. Like, I would have, I would have, told, him, I would have told him off years, years ago, and I certainly would not be, like, 
pining for his approval or his affection. I just wouldn't be. So, so I, 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 I disconnect from that completely. Other than that, right. other than that, I really like it. I like how it shows the sleaziness of being a salesman. I liked getting a lot out of you, to be honest. I, I have more. I was more interested in your framework revolving around sales than I was in the actual <laughs> movie, to be honest. Like, it's kind of cool learning about things like that because I have no knowledge of what it's like to be in sales or working on commission or or what it's like to kind of, you know, work in a gray area. Um, what's sleazy, what isn't. I'm, I, I piece things together as I go in that regard. So that was right. kind of cool. That was kind of cool. The talk was cool. Right. No, I enjoy it. Cool. I enjoy it. Other than that, I think I'm good to go for this movie. All right. We're out of here. Good night, everybody. Have a good one.